Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Unemployment insurance running out. Jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to live a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Okay, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and it's my live show tonight, Monday, October 19th, 2015, the second hour of it. And um, I've been telling you about ways to make money from your own home and reading an article about that. Um, from a website called backwoodshome.com. And I've been adding my own information to it as well, just off the top of my head, about other ways to make money, um, such as reselling, uh, because that's what I know. I mean, I've studied a lot about it. I have not actually started selling yet, but I have looked into it and studied it for a long time, and I have collected items and... So I have a good idea, you know, of things that are popular, things that are in high demand, things that people want to buy. Um, and I've watched a lot of videos, honestly. You can get a good education by doing that, by watching videos of people that have done this for a living or are doing this for a living because there's a lot of them out there. And they're making really good money doing it. Some people just do it as a side job, you know, maybe they have their own job or they may have their own business, they may work for another company or corporation or whatever, but they're making extra money that way and other people they've found that, you know they may have worked, their their wife or husband may have worked um, and then maybe one of them started like this one couple, okay um, that was their story they were working and then I think the husband ended up getting into a tool selling business. It was like a mobile tool selling business. And then he found that he just wasn't making as much money as he used to. And then he started, you know, he had listed things maybe a long time ago or something on Amazon, I mean on uh, eBay.com, you know, like a few things here and there. And then he started doing it to make some extra money. And he found, you know, he was making a lot of money. And so he decided to quit his job and to focus on having his own business, selling things on eBay. And now, you know, it it evolved to his wife quit her job because he was making so much money, he figured they could make even more money if they did it together, you know, as a team. And um, so they go visit the same type of places that I go to, you know. And, you know, they get really good deals, and then they sell them on eBay, etc., um, they've also branched out to sell on Amazon.com, so that's just one example. But there's a lot of these different, you know, resellers, pickers, whatever you want to call them, that you can go watch on YouTube. And a lot of them have, you know, I've not been to them, but they have Facebook pages and, you know, they have groups where they can give you tips on how they did it. And some of them sell, you know, information you know, they're going to charge you maybe like a book or something they sell on how they did it or how they made extra money doing this. Um, some of them give um, longer videos that may be an hour or two on YouTube. or There's all different length videos. And they'll have live, um, you know, different things on YouTube, etc., maybe where people 
can ask them questions, and it might be a, a whole bunch of different resellers that are participating, maybe by Skype or something, you know, or their webcam or something like that. And then they they'll tell you tips on how how they were able to do things and how where what type of things they're finding that are worth money, and you know how they learned the business and what things are selling for, and all different kinds of tips. Um, so you can go to just YouTube.com. And type in all kind of things like, you know, reselling, picking, pickers, um, different things like that. So that's another way to learn how to do that. And, and you'd be surprised, even in the economy, as bad as it is, some of these people are making $100,000 or more or even one hundred fifty to $200,000 or more a year. And I'm not saying that that's what I would like to do or anything, but I'm just saying there's people out there that are making a lot of money that have been able to be in business for themselves, quit their jobs if if that's what they want to do, and, you know, make a really good living. And that would buy, you know, or any money that you make, could you could turn into, you know, extra money if you don't want to quit your job or maybe you're retired or maybe you know, your own Social Security or whatever it is, and you just don't have enough money. Or, you know, you need survival and preparedness items, okay? So maybe you're not going to quit your job or you don't want to do this full-time or whatever. You don't want to, you know, do gung-ho, go crazy on eBay or Craigslist or Amazon.com or whatever. But you just want some extra money. Maybe you make a goal. I'd like to earn an extra $100 a week by selling things, you know, reselling things. Or I'd like to make 500 a week. And there's people out there that have made these type of goals, you know, and, and then started meeting these goals and then picking a higher goal. And it is a numbers game, honestly. So if you decide that you want to make, say, an extra, um, let's just say an extra $100 a week, okay? So really all you have to do is, it's pretty simple, you just... Say, okay, so I need to make an extra $100 a week above and beyond what I'm already making or whatever. You know, just to start with and see how it works. And then, so, okay, you could find 10 items and sell those for $10 a piece. Now, you might want to sell them for a little bit more because, you know, you've got to take into consideration all your costs. But... You know, I'm just giving a little example. So if you wanted to make $100, um, you would sell 10 items at $10 each, you'd make your $100. Or you could sell one item for $100 and make your $100, you know, $100 a week. You could sell 50 items at $2 each. So there's lots of different ways. You know, I wouldn't recommend doing that. But there are people that do that, that sell for very cheap, you know, very small amount of money and a lot of items. Or maybe they just choose one thing to sell. There's a lot of people out there that are just selling one item, one type of item, or one item on eBay or wherever. And they may get them, get a lot of them at one time, you know, and they get them in bulk and they resell them and they may don't, not make very much profit. Then there's people out there that'll say, you know, don't even bother with that because, you know, they don't even fool with an item unless they're going to make, you know, $25 profit. For instance, there's people out there that will say that, that have done this, you know, that have their own business doing that. So there's all different ways. So if you want to make $100 a week, you could sell four items at $25 each. 
So there's all different ways. And it's just like a numbers game. So every day you try to meet your goal of, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you have a goal every day you're going to sell this much. Or five days a week you're going to try to sell this much. And the more you list on Amazon.com or Amazon SBA, Fulfilled by Amazon Program, or eBay.com or Craigslist.com or, you know, your local paper, your penny saver, your nickel or um, buys galore is another paper we have around here where people advertise. It's free advertising, I believe, in there. And then the businesses in the community, they buy advertising space in these different, you know, free papers, et cetera, and they're the ones that are paying the big money, you know, to be in there and to have you know, color ads or full-page ads and things like that. And I used to work in advertising years ago. And, um, you know, there's there's a, the front page and the back page of the phone book or, you know, for instance, et cetera, uh, or whatever it is, uh, a reference book for attorneys or um, different things. You know, they're going to be prime advertising space and go for the most amount of money. But anyway, so there's all these different ways to to make extra money, and these are just some tips that I've learned, and, and it is a numbers game. So, you know, it's good to make goals and write them down and think about them in detail, and the more detail the better, I believe, you know, and um, to have the goals and to try to reach those goals. And so, you know, you may start out wanting to make $100 extra a week, and then you do that, no problem, and you keep doing that, no problem, then you can move up to making 200 extra a week, you know. And then before you know it, you might be making three, four, five hundred $500 a week extra. And maybe you can end up quitting, you know, your job or changing your career or being your own boss or whatever. So there are ways to do this, and there are a lot of people, I'm telling you, that are doing just that. There's people that buy the storage units, you know, the contents of those. Um, I've never done that. I've never been there watching people do it other than on television. And a lot of those shows, are, or probably all of them, are, I believe, fake. Um, storage Wars and all these different ones. Um, I used to enjoy watching one of those, and Frank and I did watch it. Um, but I do believe, and I would tell him, and he would say to me the same, you know, they, they just, it's it's like these reality shows. It's just another reality show where there's nothing real about it. You know, they plant things in the unit. They get the most expensive items and put them in there for the television show. And I guess, it, it like I told Frank, it, you know, it's all about the the belief of the masses, you know, uh, just like the Federal Reserve notes. It's all a confidence game. We were talking about that yesterday. So to prop up the economy is the term I used, you know. He said there was something on the front page of the paper or something when we were leaving a grocery store and there was a paper sitting there. And he, and I was like, yeah, they just want to prop up the economy. And he's like, well, not really prop it up. And I was like, well, yeah, because it's just, you know, it's all about what the public believes, and they tend to believe what they're told, whether it be the headline of an article or on television. So, But it is all about their confidence in, like, the money, their confidence in those Federal Reserve notes, their confidence in 
the what they hear the talking heads on TV tell them about the economy. And and this one was saying that the the homes, you know, being sold, it was getting better, you know. So anyway, um, but it's all about that. And so, you know, you can really make a lot of money even in this whatever you want to call it, recession that we're in or depression that we're in, and I think it's going to get a lot worse. So if you could do this to make some extra money or to have, be your own boss now, maybe you're out of work like a lot of people are. Um, you know, the unemployment rate is sky high and people are on food stamps and, you know, welfare and all that. And if you could get out of that or or even if you've never participated in that, which I never have, a lot of people never have. Um, you just need some extra money or whatever. There's so many ways you can do it. There's people around here that just have a lot of garage sales. It may not be legal. They may really only, you know, legally are supposed to do it so many times a year. But there are people around here that do that. They just have a garage sale sometimes even all through the week yeah, or just every weekend or several times a year. And you'd be surprised how much money you can make doing that, you know. I mean, I've talked to the owner of an antique store that also sells furniture, collectibles, vintage items. And, you know, he told me he made $3,000 every time he had a garage sale. So, you know, it all depends on what you have for sale. And, you know, he said he had like 20 different tables. So most people aren't going to have that. And speaking of tables, I did buy, I've bought a couple so far. They have at Walmart, in case you're interested, or you just need a table, and you need a portable table even better, um, because these are portable, and they'll fit in your vehicle pretty easily, usually, and they do in mine. But um, I got a white six-foot-long table. I don't even know the, the dimensions the other way, but it's six feet long, and it has the fold-up legs, and it's very sturdy. It doesn't wobble or anything. And uh, it is plastic with metal legs, but it's very sturdy. And um, it was like 38 and change for that at Walmart. And right now, that's the white table. So I got one of those not long ago. And then Frank and I were at Walmart over the weekend, and there was a sign that said clearance by black tables, just like the white one I had. And it was on sale for 31 and change, so I saved like $7, and I got a black one. And I've never even used the white one. I haven't had it long. I'm sure I could return it and get two black ones if I wanted, so I could save more money by doing that. Save an additional $7. The only difference is it's black instead of white. So a lot of people do use these tables um, for the flea markets and the storage facility you know, places where they just put tables up and maybe shelves and pegboards and things like that. So anyway, that's another thing to think about. If you need a table that can fold up and fold in half and easily fit in your vehicle, there's a place to go get it. Um, I haven't looked for prices elsewhere, so I don't know what they're going for. But anyway, uh, they do have different size tables. They have an 8-foot one. I found it to be very heavy and... I couldn't find a handle on it. I didn't look that hard, but it was going for $60. So that would take up a lot more room in your vehicle, too. And I just didn't think it was a good option for me or my vehicle. Um, but anyway, so 
There's that. Um, and then I told you I was going to tell you about Amazon SBA fulfilled by Amazon. So this is a way to sell things on Amazon.com. And basically, I don't know like ton about it except for that you send your products to Amazon, your new or used products, to their fulfillment centers, which they have a lot of them across the country, and you upload your listings to their system, to Amazon's system, and you choose as many or as few products as you like. You print the PDF product and shipment labels provided by Amazon, and you use their discounted shipping or you select your own carrier. So you, you basically send your products, but you have to send them, just so you know, because I've learned this from watching videos of people that are doing this. They tell you where you have to send them, and they have places all over the country, so there's that, you know, and it could be more expensive the further it is away from you to send them. But there are people making a lot of money doing this, and they love it because it took a lot of their time selling things on Amazon or eBay before because, you know, it's just a very time-consuming thing. Um, listing the items is time-consuming, which you still, well, with the Fulfilled by Amazon, I think most people just scan their items in, so you don't even have to type anything. You don't have to list anything, really. You can just get some people have phones they use to scan in different ways, so there's software you can use and all that. And you can just click on the UPC code if it's a new item, etc., and do it like that. We'll be right back, and I'll tell you more on the other side. Are you crying tonight? Are you feeling alright? I don't want to let you down on your luck. You were one of a kind.
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and it's the last part of my live show tonight on Monday, October 19th, 2015. And you're still listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Okay, so I was telling you about different ways to make money, and I'm concentrating on reselling right now, and specifically selling on Amazon.com, and there's a program called FBA, or Fulfilled Fulfillment by Amazon. Um, So you can just type in FBA Amazon, or Fulfilled by Amazon, etc., uh, fulfillment by Amazon into a search engine and get all the information and get a manual about how it works and everything like that. But just some highlights of it. You know, it's where people that are resellers, um, a lot of them like that because they don't have to fool with customers, honestly. Um, you know, because people ask questions when you list items, say, on Amazon.com or if you do it on eBay, you have to constantly answer people's questions. So you, you pretty much have to have a mobile phone, you know, um, or some type of mobile device so that when you're away from home and somebody asks you a question, you can quickly answer it. And so for that's just one thing. Um, but all the... You know, all the stressful things uh, as far as communicating with the public and all that. Amazon takes care of all that. They answer all their questions. They, um, whatever the problems are, they basically take care of it. So, um, you know, that's a lot of people that have sold for years on eBay and Amazon.com are now turning to that so that, you know, they can just ship the items there and then Amazon basically takes care of it. Um, so, you know, there's different options out there. I know there's one person, um, if you just type in uh, Fulfilled by Amazon, I've seen this person's videos. Um, and the first video that comes up, if you just go to, like, uh, Google.com, for instance, and type in Fulfilled by Amazon, in quotes, uh, the first video that saw that came up for me, it says Amazon FBA, what it is and how it works, Fulfilled by Amazon for online sellers, I have watched this person's videos and, and a lot of other people as well. He makes really good money, um, and he sells books as far as I'm aware. Um, all the videos that I've seen, you know, which I haven't watched any in a long time of his, but um, he, I watched one where he was sending something like, I don't know, 600 books at a time to Amazon. So he was selling a lot of books that way, and... You know, he scans them, I believe. Um, People have, like, smartphones and programs that you can get, and you can just go to, like, a thrift store or a garage sale or used bookstore or what have you um, and scan books that way. And I don't know how all that works because I've never done it, but that's what most people that sell books are doing. Um, And it will, you know, different programs that you can get will tell you what the book is selling for on Amazon.com, what it's selling for on eBay.com, etc. And, and um, you know, then you can look at it and decide if it's a book you would like to buy and resell or not. But, for instance, so that's that's how the Amazon, uh, Fulfilled by Amazon works. Um, 
And you can go read about it. So that would be a good thing if you're interested in that. Um, But basically, um, you know, you send your products to them and they um, store your products. And and I do believe they charge you for storage. So, you know, that's, that's another good thing is because if you don't have the room or, you know, you already have a lot of things, you just don't have enough room to store your products, you know. You don't have a warehouse to store your products. Well, Amazon does, so. I doubt I would ever try to sell things that way, but a lot of people, once they start making really good money, um, you know, they may decide and, and you may decide to switch to doing it that way, um, and then you just send your stuff to them and let them take care of it from there. So that's how it works. Um, and uh, they, you know, customers order your products. They store your products for you at Amazon at the warehouses, but they are going to tell you where to send them, so you don't have that choice. You can't just pick the the closest fulfillment center to you. They'll tell you, okay, you know, whatever the product is, we need you to send it to, to this warehouse, you know. So there's that. And then the customers order your products. Uh, Amazon fulfills the orders placed, so you don't have to ship them individually to your customers, which is another plus in some people's eyes. You don't have to drive to the post office. You don't have to, you know, you pack your stuff in however many boxes they'll fit in, send them off to Amazon, and then Amazon is going to individually, you know, when people order, take those different things, you know, you've sent them and pack them for you and send them out and print the label and deal with the customers and all that. So you're probably not going to make as much money per item that way because they're taking care of a lot of things for you. But there's still people out there that prefer to do it that way and they're still making 100 plus thousand or more dollars a year doing it that way, you know. So they may have started out selling everything themselves and then they're like, wow, you know, it's such a time saver. I don't have to take care of all these things. You know, if somebody else is doing it for me, um, it's kind of like drop shipping or something. But um, anyway, you don't have to store the things. Um, although with drop shipping, you know, if you find a company to work with with that, then you just, um, you know, Usually they'll they'll you know you get the customer basically and then you put the item up on your website or what have you. The customer orders it and then the company will ship that item to the customer. And I don't think you have to pay, pay them money up front. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong and it may be different for different ones, but pretty much they just give you part of the profit and you're you provide the customer that wants the item and then they ship it from their facility so you don't have to deal with that. So there's lots of different options out there on how to, you know, sell or resell things. So you can get a lot of information just by watching YouTube videos, um, you know, different ideas on ways to make money, different ideas about reselling. Um, People will go to thrift stores and say, here's my thrift store haul. Here's all the things I found when I went to Goodwill today you know, or whatever, and they'll say, you know, this is, they'll teach you, you know, how to look it up, Um, I've tried to do that on my show, it might be easier if you're watching them do it, you know, on a video or something like that, but it's simple to learn, and they all, all these professional sellers, resellers, they do just what I said, they go to the advanced section on eBay, 
com, for instance, and then they just type in the item. And, um, you know, you don't want to use too many keywords because if you choose the option that says use all these keywords, you know, um, it would have to have every keyword there. Uh, you know, so you might want to change the keywords and try different things and see what comes up. But anyway, so then you can find out the high dollar items, you know, what they're going for, you know, what's the most people are paying or have paid in the last 90 days, what's the least they've paid, what's the middle amount, et cetera, et cetera, how many of them have sold. Compare them to items you already have or you may want to buy, you know, or look for in thrift stores or garage sales or whatever. So um, there's there's people making a lot of money, and you can sell just anything under the sun, you know. So you'd be surprised, you know. People will buy almost anything. So that's just another way to make money. Um, and then getting back to the article um, about ways to make money for your own home, if you have a skill and equipment, there's no law that says potential buyers have to come to you. You can go to them instead. And they say, I've seen computer repair on call vans, mobile meat processors, and they they have that where we live. People, you know, may have cattle or whatever, and they'll come out and, and do that on your own property, you know, uh, slaughter the animal or whatever maybe, and, and you know, cut it up, butcher it, whatever, whatever you want to call it, and pack it up and all that for you. So um, there's car repair clinics on wheels. There's car detailers. There's mobile mechanics. There's there's uh, house cleaners, you know. Of course, they're going to come to you. There's all kinds of ways, you know, to have people come to where your location is and provide a service. And so, or vice versa, you can go to their place and provide a service. Um, so each service is carried on from a home base that consists of equipment, a vehicle, and a cell phone, plus the owner's skill, of course. And it says locally we even have a genuine doctor whose office is his car. He makes house calls to hotels and student dorms. Payment rates include the service provider's hourly rate, plus a little extra for the house call expense, and are generally made by check or cash. Higher price services might offer an estimate for a small fee to cover the house call itself. Potential customers are rural residents who don't want to transport their steer, computer, or broken, whatever it is, to appropriate facilities and are happy to pay an additional charge for the convenience of having the service come to them. The convenience aspect is an excellent selling point, save valuable time and personal energy, and avoid the difficulty of taking your item in for service. Each service is different, but if appearances are any indicator, their vehicles act as a primary means of advertisement. Name, type of service, and contact phone number are on the vehicle's sides and back. Specialty services to a niche market. A niche business is one that appeals to a small group or special interest that is a marketing niche. For hunters, there are niche backcountry guides who will take a small group out to the back 80 acres during quail or deer season for a fee, of course. In the same way, setting up a portion of your land for specialty events or hobbies may be the way to go. How about a special place for black powder fans or bow hunters to shoot at various types of targets? Or a meeting place for stock dog trainers to try out their dogs? Need sheep for this, naturally. 
Would an indoor shooting range work on your property or perhaps an outdoor training facility of any kind? Niche marketing can also include raising meat by subscription, that is, arranging in advance who will buy your rabbits, goats, lambs, chickens, turkeys, geese, sides of beef or pork, or even some exotic birds like quail or pheasant, or their eggs, etc. Advertised by brochure at farmer's markets and health food stores, provide incredibly healthy animals and tasty meat, and hand out recipes to potential customers. After we left the farm, we continued to acquire lamb by subscription. In the spring, we decided to buy two grown-out lambs in August from a small backyard flock. We put a small deposit on each lamb, $25 per head, and agreed that we would pay market price less the deposit when we were ready. Come the fall, lambs were ready for market, but we were busy, so the seller was happy to haul them to the processor for an extra $25. We also paid for the processing costs. So the seller received above market price for a virtually guaranteed sale and had some startup funds to help pay for feed costs. The deposit was non-refundable, by the way. The same could be done with an assortment of vegetables, too. If your gardening efforts tend to be super abundant, give buyers a choice of three different plants, exotic veggies, table veggies, cooking veggies, for example, and have them pay half up front. And there's a lot of those around here, but I think they're kind of expensive myself, you know, but hey, maybe you could offer one that wasn't as expensive, but around here they seem to be, you know, you have to pay hundreds of dollars, you know, long before you get any of the veggies or whatever, and they wouldn't deliver where we live probably unless there was one really close in our area, which there isn't, so, you know. We don't even live near any anyway, um, and there are farmers' markets and produce stands and things like that from farmers around here. There's a couple really close to us, I mean, you know, within 10 to 15 minutes anyway, so um, I just found another one by looking on Craigslist. Um, it's even closer than the one we've been going to, but so, um, and that's another thing. You might be able to just set up a produce stand or something, Um there's a man here that we go to to get produce um, that has a home, and he sells right there out of his garage. So um, he and his partner have this business, and they live there at the home, and then they sell out of the garage. So And they, I'm sure, make a good living doing it. And they have a lot of land where they farm, and, you know, they sell fruit trees and all kind of plants and things like that too, and uh, different different things. You know, people are desirous to have. They have uh, fertilizer for sale, organic fertilizer, and things. They have different things you would see in a grocery store. Food items for sale too. You know, in addition to the produce. And you know, last year we, I, I think I bought 55 pounds of peaches, but they have them at 50 cents a pound. So it was the end of the season. So, you know, you might be able to get great deals like that. And we did. And they were fantastic peaches. They blew away any that I've had at any grocery store. Um, They're so much better. Didn't take a bit of sweetener. You know, could just eat them like they were without any sugar or anything on them. They were just delicious. So, anyway, you know, if you're looking for a deal, that would be the time to get it. You know, at the end of the season and things like that. A lot of places are going to have those. 
plant seeds. It's probably too late for that now, but one year I was able to get those at 25% of the cost, you know, a quarter of the cost by getting them at the end of the season. The same thing goes with plants, although, like I say now, it's too late, but maybe August or something you could have gotten a good deal on those, and, hey, maybe you could keep growing it in the house or somewhere in a greenhouse or something like that where it wouldn't get too cold. Um, anyway. And then there's landscaping plants as another option to sell. Um, so this is a bit closer to farming, but can actually be done on very small amount of space, including a well-planned suburban backyard. The goal is not to compete with nearby businesses that sell trees and the usual assortment of foundation plantings, but to sell yourself as somehow exotic, extra fancy, or more natural than other businesses. For instance, you could offer edible landscaping only, plants that provide food in some form, um, as well as look attractive. This might be a little higher price than conventional landscaping, too. If you've already got a green thumb and some gardening sense, this could be a good part-time option as well. Startup costs would include seeds or plant starts, potting soil, and containers. Check out websites for bulk purchases of your basic supplies or exotics you can grow. Consider setting up a hoop house made from PVC pipe and a piece of construction plastic as a movable greenhouse. Keep in mind that this is very seasonal income and remember to provide specific information uh, you know, about the items you're selling, how to prepare those sand cherries or fried daylily buds, for example. So these are just some of the ways you can make money. There are more. There's some more I'm going to give you next week as well and then probably get into some other information or tell you more about ways to make money. But um, anyway, so there's a lot of different ways you can be your own boss. Why work for somebody else if you don't have to? Or make money on the side if you're not making enough. I mean, with the whole Obamacare thing and they're cutting people's hours and people are only able to work part-time a lot of the time or they may have to get two or more jobs, you know. And isn't that uniquely American, as as George W. said, you know, uh, to a woman that complained about having to work three jobs, I believe. So, you know, it's a way to make more money and be your own boss and work the hours you choose to work and you know, make a lot more decisions on your own and control, you know, you can you can make more money because if you're if you're working for somebody else, they're taking a huge chunk of the money that you could be making, you know, and a lot of times they won't give you raises and it's like a dead end job or you hit the glass ceiling or whatever the case may be, you know. Or hey, you you've been there for twenty years and they fire you or make you retire or whatever, or they outsource the company to another country and try to get you to train the illegal invader types or people with HB1 visas uh, how to do your job. So, you know, there are pluses and minuses to having your own business, and I think there's a lot of pluses myself. Um, I think it's a good thing to to do that and to be your own your boss and all that. So... Okay, so coming up next is Frank, the owner of AVR, Frank Steffen, with the Frank Report for two hours live. So stick around for that. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. Got my pride hanging out of my bed. You messing with my life, so I bought my lid. Even messing with my children, and you're screaming at my wife. Baby. 
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Like my big red barn, a forty-seven. 
and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt, and your rambling don't rattle me. Get on into town Shoot a little late Fall down at the pool hall Drink a beer with my friend Now don't judge me And I won't judge you Cause we all get judged in the end Some people care about What other people think Worry about what they say What they say Little, little gossip Coming from a loose slip Or run my perfect day Saying fly, fly, fly Just a jack and their dog Gotta let it roll out of my back I don't give a darn What other people think What do you think about that? Say I don't give a damn What other people think What do you think about that? Good evening, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, October 19th, 2015. It is about nine minutes after 8 p.m. That's Pacific, and if that's all true where you're at, we are live, which means you can uh, participate in the show, 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980, that's the call-in. You can also go to the chat room, which is located at our website, AmericanVoiceRadio.com, or the American vo- TheAmericanVoice.com. Anyhow, so there you go. Oh yeah, wait a minute, Yahoo Instant Messenger the 
Uh, no, AVRN Talk. That's my screen name. Yep, that's it. That's the one right there. So if you want to do that, you can do that uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to something here. Uh, well, you know, it, it earlier today, uh, Mar- uh, Roy Ben Shadler was doing a show, and he was talking about ISIS and how the Russians are basically slamming them into the ground and, and getting rid of them. You know, like they said they would. I, uh, you know, I read another story, too. It is, I'll tell you, man, propaganda is, it's amazing what the Western, they're really worried about Russia. I can tell because now they're not just doing the stories about the military. They're going, well, you know, uh, Russia's really collapsing uh, they don't seem like they're collapsing, but they really are collapsing, and all the numbers show they're collapsing, and they can't possibly do what they're doing. And you know, and Putin is pulling back and uh, going to start substituting. Get this, he's going to start substituting imports with items made in the country. Wow, what an idea, huh? Gee, put your people to work, start making your stuff in your own country so you don't incur all this foreign debt? Well, of course, the central bankers are saying what a horrible, terrible idea that is. Oh, my gosh, pulling out of the world economy. Oh, what a crazy idea. I mean, well, you know, Germany did it in the 30s, but eh, that was an anomaly. It never really works uh, because, you know, why it doesn't really work? Because the central bankers do everything in their power to destroy anybody who tries to pull out of their system. Why do you think? What do you think this is all about, folks? Do you really think that the Syrians and the Iranians and the Libyans and the Egyptians, do you really think they're all communists? Do you think they they agree with the Russian-Soviet idea? That's not what it's about. What it's about is all those countries have one thing in common, and that is not being a part of the IMF. (laughs) They can't have that, man. And they will destroy any country that tries. Or they will try to destroy any country that tries. And they're going, well, you know, I mean, uh, hey, uh, because Saudi Arabia is flooding the market with oil, uh, you know, Russia's going to, they, you know, that was their big cash cow. So now they're really hurting. And it's, you know what? Russia's a big country. And they can produce a lot of things. And this whole article that I read was all about how, well, you know, they can't make any quality things, and they can't do any of this, and they can't do any of that, and it's just crazy uh, for them to try. And, well, yeah, sure. You know, we heard that. What was the last story we heard, folks, about Russia? Oh, their navy's a rust bucket, their army's untrained, and their weapons are archaic, and they're, uh, you know, they're just so far behind the times. Uh, once the Soviet Union broke up, that was the end of the Russian military. Well, gee golly whiz, I'm seeing something completely different in Syria. How about you? I mean, the United States goes dicking around all over the world, and all we do is create a humongous mess trying to occupy a nation that we never defeated in the first place. Oh, yeah, we come in shock and awe, the Blitzkrieg, right? Well, we are following militarily 
the German parallels very closely, maybe not exactly, but very closely. You know, I got to say, man, uh, you know, look at the beginning of World War II, 1939, you know, a hey, Nazi Germany looked like, wow, these guys are undefeatable. Nobody who can who can stand up to the beast, huh? Well, the United States has got that same thing going on with their shock and awe. The Nazis called it lightning war. We call it shock and awe. Isn't it funny how we have even the same helmets the Nazis had? I mean, is this a spirit thing or what? That you know uh, that we've taken on the Nazi mantle or what? Is that really what we did here? It seems like it. So the Russians go into Syria and just just start eliminating ISIS. Oh gosh, ISIS is so this and so that, so powerful and so blah 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 blah. The Russians show up and start blasting them into the dirt. How is that from a rust bucket, untrained, archaic weapon hauling, you know, uh, life has passed them by military sort of guys, huh? How, how'd that happen? Yeah, well, anyway, so as Russia's over there, the, the whole world, right, including the United States, oh, yes, ISIS is bad. ISIS is bad, bad, bad terrorists. Boy, we really ought to do something about ISIS. Meanwhile, the United States, right, is allowing them to have tanks and trucks and dropping them ammo and weapons. Meanwhile, all the time telling the rest of the world, oh yeah, we got to do something about this ISIS. Mm-hmm. What they created ISIS for, and I personally believe that ISIS is nothing more than Blackwater renamed, meaning mercenaries that work at the behest of the United States government so they've got deniability about what they're doing. Oh, no, that's not us doing that. That's some ISIS. Oh, really? Is that right? Well, hey, what a plan, huh? And they used Iraq to run this out and see how it would work. And now they've got ISIS. And I believe Prince and his scumbags that ran Blackwater and then uh, Academia and Z and whatever else they want to call it, they keep changing their name because they want the public to forget they ever existed. Because you know why? I believe they're ISIS. But the Russians are taking them down. They're taking them down hard. But don't worry. You know, here we go. Here's a headline. U.S. resupplying ISIS in Syria. What? But, 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 I thought ISIS was the bad guys. Well, they are the bad guys. And the United States government's the bad guys. It's the biggest, baddest guy. It's the real bad guy. Washington is resupplying ISIS and other terrorist groups in Syria on the phony pretext of supporting so-called moderates. None exist. Virtually all anti-Assad forces are terrorists, imported cutthroat killers. More on what could be called Operation Airdrop below. Look, one thing about the Russians in Syria, the Russians were invited by the legitimate government to help them. The United States has gotten no such invitation by anybody. How would the United States federal government feel about Russia or China airdropping, let's say, oh, I don't know, 
let's call it the U.S. militia against the federal government. Huh? Let's just say we got a group that said, you know what? We're sick of this guy in the White House writing executive orders, ignoring the law, violating his oath. We're tired of this crap. He wasn't even born in this country. We've had it. That's it. We're taking him down. How do you think the federal government in Washington, D.C. would feel about China or Russia airdropping us weapons and uh, ammo and other supplies? Do hmm? you think they'd feel, uh, hey, wait a minute, that's an act of war, isn't it? Well, they'd be right. It would be an act of war, and it is an act of war when we're doing it, too. And that's what we're doing in Syria. We are committing an act of war. We are acting as a rogue, aggressor nation. You know, whatever your reasons are, well, we don't like Assad. He doesn't treat his people right. Oh, well, what was the Taliban's excuse? Well, we don't like the Taliban. They, They don't let their women drive. Uh well gee we don't like uh we don't like uh oh yeah uh Khomeini because he's Iranian and uh well they they don't get in the IMF and we don't like them and we don't like uh Gaddafi because well well he's not in the IMF either he wants to start his own gold standard North African money and his people are living at a you know, higher level of uh, a standard of living than even we are here in the United States. So he's got to go, too. Oh, what about the guy in Egypt who was our ally for, what, 40 years? And then all of a sudden, nope, we don't like him anymore. Arab Spring, let's, uh, let's give weapons and ammo to the insurgents. Folks, the United States government out of Washington, D.C. is the biggest destabilizing... Uh, element on the planet it not only destabilizes governments destabilizes people's lives day to day it destabilizes the environment well hey you know they talk about the environment oh the environment the environment really why don't we go look at the environment in iraq let's go see what depleted uranium has done to the environment there why don't we go into the hospital uh you know the pregnancy wards where women are given birth to deformed babies all throughout Iraq, hmm? Yeah, why don't we do that and see how the environment's doing? They destabilize everything, folks. Look, folks, you know, I I don't know how else to put this to you, but it's kind of like the people of this country need to get a grip and take control of this monster because you know what it's like. It's like, oh, here you are, mom and dad, you raise a little kid, and he turns out to be a serial killer. Well, you know what? Junior's your responsibility. you gotta, you got to help bring him to an end because what's happened? The United States federal government has turned into a serial killer. You might not want to believe it. You know, might want not want to accept it. But that's the fact of the matter. And the whole rest of the world sees it except Americans. Our government is a serial killer. A psychopath, out of control, serial killer. Russia's devastating air campaign against ISIS continues, combined with Syrian ground forces on the move, liberating terrorist-held territory. 
Their fighters are being battered and killed. Large-scale ground operations continue along with increasing numbers of precision Russian airstrikes. On Monday, Syria's general command of the Army and Armed Forces said government control was reestablished over the free zone in Aleppo, as well as 13 towns, villages, and other areas in Hama and Lakia provinces. ISIS and other tech-free terrorists are being hammered. They're very much on the defensive. Most of their weapons and equipment destroyed, including the will to fight among thousands fleeing the safe havens, cross-border, or to residential areas using civilians as human shields. Ooh, aren't they brave? Russian and Syrian air operations are coordinated. On Sunday into Monday, conducting 55 sorties, striking 53 ISIS and other terrorist targets, destroying 25 fortified positions, seven command centers, six training camps, six ammunition depots, and other sites. Among other combat aircraft, Russia is using its advanced Sukhoi Su-30, reportedly the most ad, uh, maneuverable of all fighter jets, better than any Western one, including America's. You see, here's going to be the real problem. Air power. Air superiority is the key. Now, you can't win a war by air power alone, but you cannot win a war without air superiority. It's just the way it's always been. It's a fact until until it gets proven different, which it never has. That is a fact. You cannot win a war by air power alone, but you cannot win a war without air superiority. And the Russians have it. Our F-16s and F-15s were the finest in the world 30 years ago, but they're old. They're antiques. They should have put on the shelf 10 years ago. But America hasn't been able to put out a new fighter of any relevance. They've got the F-35. What, remember the F-22? That was a big fail. They never even went forward with that. That thing was so bad. The F-35 is just a cash cow for all kinds of international corporations. That's all it's ever been, man. This thing is made, oh, uh, let's see, we'll get this part made by the French company, we'll get this part made by the English company, oh, we'll get this page made by Lockheed, we'll get this one made by, hey, we'll get the electronics from China. And then we'll get it all together, and we'll put it together at Boeing. And everybody gets some money. And every jet costs a trillion dollars, and nobody cares because we got plenty of fiat currency. Oh, yeah, there's only one problem. It doesn't work. That's right. The fighter doesn't work. You put that in the air against the Su-30, you're going to have a lot of dead American pilots is what's going to end up happening. Plus, the, you know, hey, even the F-16 can't keep up with this thing. We have real problems, folks. I mean, real, fundamental, bad problems. Hey, we might have nice tanks, and we might have nice aircraft carriers, and we might have great everything. But it's not good enough. If you don't have air superiority, you're going to lose, because you're going to get hammered from the sky. Oh, yeah, and the Russians have cruise missiles, too. Forgot to mention that. 
UK media and Britain's defense ministry instructed its fighter pilots to target hostile Russian aircraft engaged in Syrian airstrikes. Yeah, there's a bad plan, man. Here's the Sputnik uh, news reporting. They, they reported this, quote, Today, the military attaché at the British Embassy in Moscow was summoned to the Russian Defense Ministry, where he was handed a note with a request to provide official explanations on information published in the British media citing high-ranking sources in the Defense Ministry of the country on alleged directives to use weapons against Russian aircraft in case of threat to their lives received by Royal Air Force pilots. The ministry commented online, saying... There is no truth to this story. The risk of U.S. or British warplanes engaging Russian ones belligerently remains real, whether willfully or by accident. It could change things dramatically. If it happens, Russian retaliation could spark a serious East-West confrontation. For sure, what Moscow wants avoided. Lunatics in Washington might risk everything, some want Russian planes shot down. Well, you know what? Good luck with that, man. No, really, good luck with that. You think you... you oh, well, go shoot them down. Oh, yes, okay, you big fat cigar-smoking piece of garbage pretending to be a military general. You're nothing but a fat politician. Yeah, go shoot them down. Okay, fine. Hop in your 30-year-old F-16 and get up there with the uh, with the SU-30. See what happens to you. You'll be the one shot down, Pally. That's what's going to end up happening. And then what? Then what? Are the lunatics in Washington, D.C. then going to decide to go nuclear? Because you know what? They won't have a choice. See, that's the dangerous thing. If this thing gets pushed too far, it'll be Washington, D.C. that goes nuclear because they don't have a choice. They've been playing this paper tiger game for so long, they bought into their own BS. Man, I'm telling you, air power is where it's at. Once the United States loses air power, air superiority, and I believe they already have. Okay? I believe they already have. And if they ever decide to get in the skies with the new Russian plane, they're going to they're going to let everybody know they have lost air superiority. And when that happens, the United States has got nowhere to go but nuclear because you know what? The Russians still outnumber us in tanks. They still outnumber us in troops. And don't think the Chinese are going to just sit back and let all this go on without their participation. What do they got a billion people in their army or something? Actually, no, they probably got only a few Hundred million, but uh, you know, paper tiger man, we're playing a real bad, dangerous game. And these, like he says here, lunatics, they don't care. They want to control the world, and they don't care if they. Hey, if I can't have it, nobody can. We, hey, we're gonna be in control. And by golly, if you don't let us, we'll nuke, we'll kill us all. We'll kill us all. If I can't be in control, then nobody can. That seems to be Washington D.C.'s whole take on the whole world scene. Us and our paper, phony, money. <laughs> I, you know, I kept, I kept thinking for a word that I could actually say on the radio, but I can't. So, you know who I mean, though. 
If they can't have it, nobody can. They're going to kill everybody if they have to. But the Sputnik News also said U.S. cargo aircraft airdropped overnight some 50 tons of small fire ammunition and explosives to the so-called rebels in south in northern Syria's Hasklan province, citing CNN as the source information coming from an unnamed U.S. official. Monday's airdrop was the first of more to come in less than two weeks of air operations. Russian combat missions greatly degraded or destroyed ISIS command posts, other facilities, we know this. Uh, Its defense ministry reported most ISIS munitions, heavy vehicles, and equipment were destroyed in the last 24 hours alone. Um... Intercepted communications show they're running out of small arms, grenade launchers, and munitions to fight. Commanders intend withdrawing their units unless they're resupplied. Will it matter, given the Ministry of Russia's airstrikes? New arms, munitions, and equipment can be destroyed in days. At the same time, U.S. warplanes keep bombing Syrian targets, not ISIS. On Tuesday, Putin commented, saying... Washington and Western allies say we are bombing false targets. On Sunday, U.S. Air Forces targeted a power station and a transformer in Aleppo. Why did they do it? Whom did they punish? What was the sense? Putin's discreet enough to hold back explaining what's clear, for sure, to Russian intelligence and him. Washington is bombing Syrian targets and Iraqi ones cross-border on the pretext of targeting ISIS, U.S. foot soldier allies against Assad, along with other imported terrorists. So, you know what? I mean, we are, we are engaged, folks, this country... In your name, I might add, okay? Let's not forget that. In your name and my name, this country is running around the world committing international terrorism, committing war crimes. Hey, does that sound harsh? I'm sorry, but it's true. Our government, in our name. You know what? We can sit here and we can say, well, hey... I don't like this lunatic, uh, you know, psychopath government we've got. I just assume burn it to the ground faster than anybody anywhere in the world would want to. But, nevertheless, the rest of the world sees the actions of the United States government as the actions of the American people. And they're not thinking too highly of you right about now. I mean, we sit here, you know, I've, I've spent my whole life thinking and wondering and, and commenting and asking people and talking about, golly, how did the German people sit there and allow what happened to them happen to them? How did they sit there and allow themselves to get loaded on the train cars to go to concentration camps for crying out loud? Why didn't they fight back? Sure, they might have got killed. There were guys with machine guns, but there were a whole lot more people. And yeah, some of them would have got killed, but hey, the alternative was they all got killed. You know, now I know the answer. I look around and I see how it happened because it's happening now. The same exact thing is happening here. It's happening now. And the rest of the world can, you know, they can speculate. But as an American in America, you got to realize what's going on here. We have usurpers everywhere from the White House 
to Congress, to the Supreme Court, the whole government has been infested with traitors. And they are committing treason on a daily basis, probably an hourly basis, maybe by the minute even. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit. We'll play Stump the Room. Stay right where you're at. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. 
some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316 316- 
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, October 19th, 2015, and it is 8.41 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980. Anyhow, uh... You can also participate in the chat room, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. All right. You'll see the chat link, and uh, there you go. Anyhow, oh, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Ice. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There were some guesses. Okay. There are some guesses. They were wrong in the chat room. I don't know if the chat room is willing to concede just yet, but we're out of time, and I've got to tell you who it is, and uh, nobody guessed it. Both songs were by the same band. The first song was called Needle in a Haystack. The second one was called Bad Boy, and they were both done by a 1966 group called The Twilight. So there you go. Off to a wonderful Monday start with a 2-0 victory. Yay. All right. Anyway, let's get on to uh <laughs> Let's get on to some Hey, here's some news that you might not have heard that uh may concern or at least may interest some listeners out there. I mean, I don't know what concern, but uh if you're concerned, you probably already know, but you know, you might not have known, but uh you might be interested to know uh, Irwin Schiff. Remember Irwin Schiff? He was the, uh, you know, uh, show me the law, don't pay the taxes, and in prison guy. Well, he died. Yep, in jail. Peter Schiff reported last night his father Irwin passed away. The U.S. government failed to grant his cancer-stricken father clemency despite his sickly state, which they caused by misdiagnosing him and insisted he die shackled to a hospital bed with armed guards outside his door. Why? Because he exposed the IRS fraud, the IRS scam, the IRS lie. Okay? Now, he may have not done it perfectly. He may have made mistakes in his process of doing it. But the bottom line, the fact is the same. The IRS is a fraud. And boy, you don't mess with their money. You can do pretty much anything else, and they may turn a blind eye to you, but you start messing with their money, and uh-uh, that's something they cannot have. Hey, ask, uh, hey, ask Muammar Gaddafi. Ask the guy in Egypt. Ask the guy in Syria. You know, ask the guy in Iraq. Oh, wait, he's dead. Or maybe he's dead. Ask the, uh, ask the Iranians. Ask the Yugoslavians. Ask anybody who hasn't gone along with the IMF. They will destroy your whole country. Okay? They'll kill everyone in your country to make the point that you either go along with their little fiat currency scheme, and you see why they're getting so desperate. 
for many years they didn't care. They just had their deal going and they'd run their own little, uh, you know, deal. And, and, you know, if you don't want to be a part of it, then you weren't. You just did your own thing and they'd isolate you as best as they can. But they wouldn't necessarily come and bomb you out of existence like they do now. You know why? Because now they're getting desperate. Because their system is falling apart. It's a Ponzi scam, okay? This is why all these so-called refugees and alien invaders all around the world, okay, all around the world. Now, we've got Mexicans over here and Muslims. Europe has predominantly Muslims. Now, hey, so these are supposed to be refugees out of places, war-torn places. Why are they war-torn places? Well, because the United States keeps bombing them. That's why we bombed Libya, we bombed Egypt, we bombed Syria, we bombed Iraq, we bombed Afghanistan, and they're all refugees going to Europe. Now, you'd figure if you're a Muslim, you'd say, well, gee, you know, I got to get out of here. I think I'll go to some other nice Muslim country where, wait, why don't I go to Kuwait or Saudi Arabia where they got lots of money? Oh, no, no, no. They don't, though. Hey, I know. Let's go somewhere where our religion is incompatible with the culture that's going on there. Let's go move there. Yeah, there's a good idea because we're refugees. They're not refugees, folks. They are invaders. Europe is experiencing the beginning of the Crusades again. You see, a lot of you were taught a half-truth about the Crusades at the Catholic Church. Now, look, I'm not defending the Catholic Church, but you've been taught that, the, well, the Catholic Church, uh, you know, they went on a rampage through the Middle East, and they decided they tried to uh, Christianize everything, and they got beat back. Well, that's not exactly what happened. The Muslims... You have to understand, most of the Middle East were Christian by this time, when Muhammad had his little cave-dwelling thing where, oh, sure, God told him, it's okay to marry a six-year-old. Sure it is. Well, what happened was, the Muslims started rolling through the Middle East with their little convert-or-die BS, okay? And the people there had no means to fight them, so, oh, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. And the Muslims went through the Middle East converting the Christian Middle East to Muslim. And they just kept going straight into Europe. So they got to France, and, you know, the Catholic Church finally put together an army and said, oh, no, you don't, and finally stopped their incursion into Europe pushed them out of Europe, and then, of course, chased them into the Middle East, and then things went kind of wrong, because their idea was, we're going to turn this place back the way it was to Christianity. Well, they didn't have all that much success doing that, but uh, that's how the Crusades went. It didn't go because the Catholic Church decided to go rampage through the Middle East. It happened because the Muslims decided to try to go rampage through Europe. They're doing it again. But you see, oh no, 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 the Catholic Church was the guilty one. Look, the Catholic Church ain't no bunch of angels, and and they're just as guilty of so many things, it's not even funny. They're not the good guys here, all right? But in this particular case, that's a fact. This is just how it went. That's how it was. And it's happening again. 
They're doing it again. They're just not doing it with swords just yet. <laughs> they're letting them. They're letting them. The secular governments of the West are letting them. Why? Because they've got absolutely, they are as hostile. Let me tell you something. Angela Merkel, that scumbag Obama, the rest of these antichrist leaders of Western Europe, they are every bit as hostile towards Christianity as the Muslims are. Understand that. Oh, they might not come straight out and say, oh, well, you know, we worship Satan, but they do. And there's nobody more hostile towards Christians than Satan. And that's who these dirtbag so-called secular leaders of the West, that's who they work for, that's who they follow. And you know what? You don't have to take my word for it. Just keep an eye on them. Listen to what they say. Look and see what they do. Hey, you know what? You can tell what they're about by the fruits, right? Anyway, back to shift here. Uh, Peter Schiff writes, My father, Erwin A. Schiff, was born February 23, 1928, the eighth child and only son of a Jewish immigrant who had crossed the Atlantic 20 years earlier in search of freedom. As a result of their hope and courage, my father was fortunate to have been born into the freest nation in the history of the world. But when he passed away on October 16, 2015, at the age of 87, a political prisoner of the same nation, legally blind and shackled to a hospital bed in a guarded room in intensive care, the free nation he was born into had itself died years earlier. Well, you know, this is, this is how vicious and ugly... Your government is. I mean, here's an 87-year-old man who's blind, has got cancer and dying, and they've got him shackled to a bed under guard. What's he going to do? I, 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 you know, really. Meanwhile, we have Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, she's celebrating Planned Parenthood's years of eugenics. Hillary Clinton celebrated the opening of the first Planned Parenthood clinic in America 99 years ago, when the U.S.'s target abortion provider began its long career in the open pursuit of eugenics. The Democratic 2016 candidate tweeted out her congratulations and support of the organization that is currently under several congressional investigations following the release of videos exposing its apparent practices of harvesting body parts of murdered babies for sale. Yeah, well, uh, Hillary Clinton has this to say. Planned Parenthood opened their first health center and changed life for women in America. Here's to the next 99 years. Okay, so you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton, are you? Why don't you just go out and, you know, kill a baby somewhere? You know? To celebrate Hillary's nomination as, uh, you know, the Democratic, the Democratic Party. Huh? Just go kill a baby. Sacrifice a baby for her. Hmm? Here's something interesting. The Fed's hide secret list of 11 staggering Obamacare insurers. Oh, man. Federal officials have a secret list 
of 11 Obamacare health insurance co-ops they fear are on the verge of failure, but they refuse to disclose them to the public or to Congress, a Daily Caller News Foundation investigation has learned. Just in the last three weeks, five of the original 24 Obamacare co-ops announced plans to close, bringing the total of failures to nine. Barely two years after their launch, with $2 billion in startup capital from, guess who? The taxpayers under the Affordable Care Act. So they took the $2 billion, and now they're closing up shop. Thanks for the money, y'all. All 24 received 15-year loans in varying amounts to offer health insurance to poor and low-income customers. And you see, you're not a customer if somebody's forcing you to buy something. And provide publicly funded competition to private for-profit insurers among the co-ops to announce closings were those in Iowa, Nebraska, Kentucky, West Virginia, Louisiana, Nevada, Tennessee, Vermont, New York, and Colorado. Nearly half a million failing co-op customers will have to find new coverage in 2016. More than $900 million of the original $2 billion in loans has been lost. Yeah. Oh, well, oops, $900 million. Oh, boy, that's not even a billion. Who cares? It's just lost. Misplaced, perhaps? Well, here's FedBook. I don't know if this is good or not or what. I don't believe anything that punk from FedBook has to say. But anyway, uh, this is what it says. FedBook will now notify you of, quote, state-sponsored attacks on your account. Oh, really? I wonder if that counts as United States. Anyway, um, the social network will now alert users when it suspects their accounts are being targeted by an attacker suspected of working behalf on behalf of a nation state. While FedBook didn't name any names, it's not hard to guess who these might be. With governments in countries like China, Iran, and Syria notorious for monitoring the social networking habits of the city. Hey, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I want to know, but I don't care if the government of China knows what I'm talking about. I'm concerned with the United States federal bunch of maniacs, okay? There's also the chance, the chance that FedBook could be referring to government-backed spy agencies like the NSA and GCHQ, its UK counterpart. But it's important to remember these agencies can access FedBook data with legal requests. Well, yeah. You know what? Like I said, I wouldn't believe a word that punk at FedBook had to say. If I lit him on fire and told him he had to tell me the truth, I still wouldn't believe him. Okay? You know what this is? This is to give you all a false sense of security when you're using FedBook, posting all your nonsensical, moronic posts on there. At least that's what I can see FedBook's used for, mostly. And they give you that false sense of security. So, you know, you can just keep by. Don't worry. We'll let you know if the government's looking in on you. Sure, we'll let you know. You can trust FedBook. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure you can. Are you kidding me? Morgan Stanley's profits plunge 42% because we got a great economy. Things are turning around. Everything's looking good. Hey, check out the stock market, man. 
Yeah, 42%. Can you take that? Oh, really? Can anybody really... Can, how many people out there can still function if you had to take a 42% cut in your pay, cut in your check, cut in whatever, whatever money you're getting from wherever you're getting it? Hey, imagine a 42% cut. Could you make it? Could you still pay your bills? Would you have to start selling things? Yeah, they're not going to make it, man. Walmart, do you know what their answer is? Oh, yeah, they're losing money too now. But do you know what? They're, they had the biggest stock drop in 27 years. Do you, do you know that? I mean, McDonald's is, <laughs> McDonald's is going down the, uh, down the tubes for good reason. You know, people just think it's, oh, people are getting healthy. That's not, that's not entirely it. Because other fast food places are not experiencing the drop that McDonald's has experienced. Do you know what happened with McDonald's? They got a black CEO. And that black CEO started catering to gutter trash from the ghettos to support McDonald's. And they did all their commercials, you know, focusing on that population. Well, you know what that does? Yes, it makes all the gutter, gutter scum from the ghetto feel comfy going to McDonald's. Yeah, that's where I want to eat. That's where me and my homies want to go do drug deals and everything else. But guess what it does to everybody else? You don't want to go hang out with these people and eat dinner. You don't want to bring your kids to a place where gangbangers are going to smoke crack and make drug deals while they eat a hamburger. And that's the population that McDonald's CEO decided to target. Well, the rest of the population said, fine, let them support you then. We'll go eat elsewhere. This is why McDonald's is, is, is hemorrhaging profits. And they will continue to. They go, well, hey, we put parsley in our salads now. Woohoo! They're, they keep trying to push this whole, oh, well, it's because people are trying to eat healthy. No. That's a minuscule little part of it. Minuscule. Who the heck goes to McDonald's thinking, yeah, well, hey, when I want a healthy meal, I head off to Mickey D's. Yeah, sure you do. But Walmart, hey, you know what their answer is? Yeah, they're not going to put parsley on things. What they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, we're squeezing our uh, our suppliers. Yeah, that's right. If you supply Walmart with anything, you're going to have to start taking less, making less, and uh, doing without. Because, hey, Walmart says so. We lose, you lose. We profit, we profit. That's the way it goes. That's the Walmart way. Yeah, everything's great, huh? 42% off from Morgan Stanley. Walmart's had the worst stock uh, year in 27 years. McDonald's is falling apart. Hey, but the stock market's going crazy. It's going up. Yay! Oh, yeah, and let's not forget about the 100 million people not working. Oh, we got nothing but blue skies coming, folks, sure. <laughs> Boy. Anyway, hey, we're going to go now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'll have Dean Lauren on here for the second half of Monday evening. Stay right where you're at. Don't like my big red barn 
Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
mind my new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Get on into town Shoot a little late ball down at the pool hall Drink a beer with my friend Now don't judge me and I won't judge you Cause we all get judged in the end Some people care about what other people think Worry about what they say What they say Little, little gossip Coming from a loose lip I'll run my perfect day Saying blah, blah, blah Just a jack and nerd dog Gotta let it roll up on my back I don't give a darn What other people think What do you think about that? Say I don't give a damn What other people think What do you think about that? All right, welcome back to those of you joining from the first hour, and welcome to those of you just joining in now. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Monday, October 19th, 2015, and it is about nine minutes after 9 p.m. Pacific time, and yep, that means this is the second hour on Mondays. You can participate, 800-932-1980. You can participate in the chat room, which is located on our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. It's only four letters, C-H-A-T, kind of like cat with an H. It's real simple. 
You'll have no problems. It's very easy. And everybody in the chat room is fairly friendly, unless you're a jerk, and then they're not. And, uh, hey, why should they be if you're a jerk? But anyway, you can do that. You can also contact me directly using Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is ABRN Talk. All right, there you have it. That's how you can participate in all that. Well, it may be Monday, October 19th, out here on the Pacific Time Coast, 9 minutes, 10 minutes after 9 p.m., but on the East Coast, it is, of course, tomorrow. So we will welcome Dean Lauren, our co-host from the future. Welcome, Dean. Well, thank you, Frank. It's just another day in the barn in cyberspace. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say the barn in paradise, but cyberspace. Okay. Uh, every day is in paradise here with you, Frank. Oh, well, every day in here with me. Every day just... Uh, Mondays, just Mondays. Just Mondays. All right. So, folks, you know, tonight is the night the other shoe drops on Hillary Clinton. Oh, okay. And uh, you know that we have been discussing in the past that one of the shoes that it is going to drop on Hillary Clinton is the fact that she is one of the original founders of Emily Madoff's List. Emily Madoff, Madoff's cousin from Boston, Brookline, Massachusetts. And so Bernie Madoff's money was being used and collected into packs under Emily's list. Now that's going to be the final shoe that drops on Hillary. Because once the Jewish vote, you know, um, leaves her, she's defenseless. Now, every which way. And now here's the hey, this is the sixty-four dollar question. Do oh yes, Oracle of Omaha. What is, is that question? Do you really think that the Jewish majority? Now, obviously, there's going to be some both ways, but you think the Jewish majority is really going to recognize? What a dirty, rotten deal this really was for them, how they were targeted, and hold it against Hillary. Yes. Okay. Any time that somebody has been outed as a Madoff front, the Jewish community has totally abandoned them. Okay. I, I mean, I personally don't blame them, but uh, I, I just, I, I don't, out here in Oregon, we don't have a big Jewish population, so... You know, I don't know how they're. You know, I don't know how they act when things like this happen. But good. Well, let's talk about the other shoe that's going to drop on her. One of those is, of course, and Bernie got it all wrong that America is not sick and tired of those emails. No, because those emails about Benghazi have to do with the end user certificates on the arms that were sold by the. U.S. State Department. Now, Frank, people have called me condescending. But I know that you are not ignorant. And you know that the end-user certificates are those documents that the State Department has to sign and has to have countersigned the countries that they are shipping armaments to that say they are not going to resell these armaments to third countries, third users, third whatever, third-party users. 
So when Hillary sold armaments to Italy, that's right, folks, the United States Department of State sold armaments, U.S. military-made armaments, to Italy. And then Italy turned around with the United States' full knowledge and sold them to Yemen. Hey, Dean, do you know what that would be? And you should know this because you're from Schumerland over there. Uh, you know what that would be called if I did something like that? It would be called a straw purchase, and I'd uh, go to prison for that. Well, that's the problem that's going down here, because you see Secretary of State Kerry has got the records. Now, if he's called before the Benghazi committee to reveal those sales records, he's got to give you know Hillary up. And, you know, Obama right now, President Barack Obama, is telling Kill, uh, Kerry that he's got to give up Hillary. Now, Kerry was another recipient of Madoff money with Chuck Schumer. <laughs> okay, is there anybody who didn't take Madoff money? You know, from well, the New York, from the New York, uh, you know, Philadelphia. Circuit? You know, the Second Circuit. Is there anybody in the Second Circuit that didn't? Well, we know that Leahy was a big recipient of the Madoff money. All right, what about Loretta Lynch? Oh, she protected the Madoffs. Well, not for free. No, right, right, right. <laughs> you she know. Is a cost. Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because recently Donald Trump accused W of being implicitly, complicitly involved in allowing terrorists, unknown terrorists, unknown assailants, taking down the World Trade Towers. Now, what was interesting about that threat by Donald Trump, accusing W of what we all know went mm -hmm. down under his watch, was that W couldn't back up his threat to, to Trump, which really shows you how weak the Bushes are. Well, they're exposed for sure because they, you know, Hillary is too. They have done so many criminal things. And, you know, look, eventually your luck runs out. I mean, eventually I, you run out of juice and you get caught. I mean, this Frank, is what the Bushes I don't want to be condescending, but the issue is. W has no power or juice to back up to say, Donald, shut up. You see, this is because the banks have just got caught with LIBOR. They can't use any of that LIBOR monies where they were ripping off all the interest rates. They can't money launder because that's all now under uh, a, a hot key. All right? The drug money. The, the arms movement. So once the banks were put under a magnifying glass, it's amazing, but W lost all his juice on the black market. I'm just pointing it out to you, Frank. I'm not trying to be condescending. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, you know what? I think, honestly, 
and and maybe I'm uh, jaded or something, but you know, I think what Donald Trump is doing. I think he looked at the numbers, and somebody said, "Hey, you know, you know, Donald, uh, you know, something like fifty-seven uh, percent of the American people think that uh, 9/11 was an inside job." Oh, really? So he gets out and he says, hey, you you know, you had a thing. To, and he knows, man, 57% of the people are going to say, huh, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, we knew that. You know, and that's a vast majority in presidential elections. I think Donald's just playing. I think he is. I read an article today that said that was that was detailing. This, Frank, I don't want to be condescending. Well, I don't want to be interrupted. So let me finish. <laughs> anyway. That Donald Trump's organization is is like a finely oiled machine that he is organized. He's not playing around. Now, whether a winner or not, who knows? But I'm just saying, from an organizational organizational point of view, his he's got it going on. Well, what he has going on is the fact that he can anticipate that Jeb was going to release some information on him, so he cut him off at the pass with <laughs> W. That's all he did. He counterattacked before Jeb could attack him. So now let's look at one of the big issues that's coming up right now that's going to affect everybody. Margaret Vestager. She is the antitrust chief of the European Union. Within two to three days, she's going to release her decision on whether... Countries like Ireland, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands have been giving tax breaks to multinationals, which uh, basically are illegal state aid. Now, if she releases this decision and calls them illegal state aid, they are going to blow Google out of the map with Ireland Luxembourg is going to have all the illegal Congo mining exposed. And the Netherlands, we're talking all of Russia's oil transactions. Now, Germany is stands to... Pro I know Merkel's calling for a diesel solution on this. But their take, Germany can't take another hit. So with the Netherlands being exposed to all the Russian black market oil... It's a sure thing that that's going down and that's being exposed. Luxembourg with the Congo minerals, I'm sorry, Germany is not going to take the fall. And Ireland with all these Google, Facebook, and media uh, uh, tax breaks, uh-uh. The European Union wants to kill Google and Facebook and all these things, if you notice their trend in the decisions. So it looks well, like, you know, what do you do? Do you believe? Because I do that Google and FedBook are nothing but spy agency fronts. Of course they are. It's just this whole Project Goliath that's going down. And so, yeah, her decision is going to be sure it's state illegal aid, but she has to because Germany cannot afford to pick up the ticket any longer. Deutsche Bank is going bankrupt if you haven't cared to read the news and i read the news folks and i don't want to be condescending <laughs> but everything on the wall says deutsche bank is going belly up hey well i just read a thing morgan stanley they're losing 42 percent okay so everybody who everybody who was involved in LIBOR for the last 25 to 40 years ripping off interest rates 
Okay, folks? Think about it. Every bank that was on top, now that they're exposed for ripping off the LIBOR rates, is going bankrupt. Now you know where the real money in banking was. International lending. And so tonight we're going... Are we are we ready for this song yet? Or do we have time for one more about, brief We got story? about five minutes. Okay, so... Um, well... Uh, I can do two or three. Oh, uh, well, I could do this one. Since we started doing Benghazi with Libya and the illegal sales of arms. Now, I've got a message for President Barack Obama, my nigger in the White House. The Nigerians want one thing. And they want you to start to seal off the borders of Chad and Cameroon. So that the Boko Haram rebels, terrorists, bad boys can't go over the borders and hide and then come back into Nigeria. So the Nigerians are ready to kill all the Boko Haram troops, squads, death squads. Okay? But every time they go to kill them, they run into Cameroon or they run into Chad, which coincidentally, Frank, is on the 10th degree latitude. Mm. Now, who do you know in the news community, and I don't want to be condescending, Frank, has been discussing the 10 degree latitude as the fire line in Africa? I don't know. Some guy in New York. Yeah, some we don't know. His, we, we don't remember his name. Some but schmuck. And some I don't guy remember in New York. that guy who screwed <laughs> Jennifer. Uh, 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 uh. Now, now, now. She's going to do just fine. She owns Warner. <laughs> she owns Warner Films now. Warner Brothers. Okay. So so that's it. So And, and then, so tonight, you know, when Donald Trump gets up at the next GOP debate and he looks at Chris Christie and he says, oh. Are you still here? Batman, you're still running. Uh, I didn't even know, right? <laughs> and he looks over at Mark Rubio and he says, did you just try to say something intelligent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when he turns to Carly Fiorini, the, the CIA mole. Okay, I was going to say shill. 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 I was yeah. going to say shill, but mole works too. Okay. He's going to say... Carly, I got a song for you. <laughs> okay, and he's going to turn over to, you know, Lindsey Graham, who is like the closet case from South Carolina, but he should be Secretary of State. And he's going to say, hit it, Frank. All right, here we go. We'll be back in a few. <laughs>
people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, October 19th, 2015. It's about 9.39 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. That's all true where you're at. We're live, 800-932-1980. You can also go to the chat room, participate there. It's at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link, click on it, go on in there, you'll have a good time. Anyway, uh, you can also contact me directly, Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is my chat, is my uh, screen name, not my chat name, my screen name. All right, let's see here, Uh, well, I'll let Dean explain who and where that song he played was, and the last one here I got, Nobody Got in the Room. That's 3-0, folks. 3-0, Frank, tonight, okay? A band called Jigsaw, and that was called the Diesel Blues from 1970. Anyway, welcome back, Dean. Tell us about the song. Who was it and where at? Uh, you know, I thought that was Dickie Betts on your song, but... Um, nope. Okay, I got it wrong. See, folks, Dean can be wrong. Hey, I don't want to be condescending, but Dean can be wrong. A lot of the times, keep Frank. I mean, when we get off the line, said Frank says, "Man, you really screwed up tonight, man. <laughs> yeah. You're no good, man. Yeah, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good." Yeah, yeah man. Sure. 1980, Linda Ronstadt live with her band, man. You can't get much better than that. Where at? New York. I think she, I think she was at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, okay. So. I just love the fact that she had her whole band there. And um, so, folks, we're going to talk about two scams that are cro- that we're going to just highlight briefly, and we'll talk about them fully next week because I know that they're going to be with the debates. Now, uh, all across New York City, we have about 800,000 illegal aliens that are living in illegal conversion basements in which... The homeowners are paying homeowners insurance, to which all the insurance companies like Allstate and Mutual Life and all these, the ones with Snoopy, uh, know that they're illegal. So they're laughing. They're collecting all these monthly uh, premiums knowing that they'll never pay out because every one of these homes Basements were converted without permits. We got 800,000 illegal aliens living in fire traps. Sweet. Huh, Frank? Well, yeah. And and, uh, what area is this? New York City. Okay, within Chicago. Okay. All right. So this is... Nationwide. In all the... Those cities where the illegal aliens are not, what do they call them, uh, something kind of freedom sites or oh, something oh, like oh, that. Oh, 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 amnesty cities or uh, what? what amnesty cities. Yeah. Not, uh, oh Doesn't man, I'm, I'm, I'm losing. You'll, it you'll figure it out later. But uh, sanctuary, so now, sanctuary cities. That's what they're that, called. Oh yeah, no. See, Frank is on ball tonight. Dean is zero for two. <laughs> All right. So now, uh, and another one, Dean is zero for three with the Baltic Dry Index. 
It turns out that next week, everybody, the freight and passenger trains are going to stop because they don't have the safety equipment, so they have to shut down. Now, I I hear that Obama, my nigger in the White House, is going to all give them a free phone app so that the conductor, the engineer conductor, instead of driving the trains 15 to 20 miles over their speed limit, because the tracks can only hold them at 60 miles an hour instead of 80 and 90, you know, He's going to ask them to please drop your speed limit down to 55 and use your phone apps and the, your eyes on the front of your head to see if there's any trains coming and talk. Because guess what, folks? You only got two tracks on the train. You got one coming at you and you got one going. All right? So if you, I mean, how many trains are there out there? Not many. I can tell you, not many, because the, all the boxcars are empty, because the Baltic Dry Index says nobody's shipping. That's why they're shutting down these trains to create this fake price increase, because they're empty, folks. I don't want to sound condescending. Well, right, no, so. but that, that index of, of shipping is... I saw something else to where... Baltic like, Dry Index. Where China has, I don't want to say man-made islands, but really that's what they amount to. They've taken all these these cargo ships, and then they're not using them. And they they have basically anchored them and tied them all together, and they're just one big floating parking lot of these ships. They're flotilla. Ships. Yeah, what, what else are you going to do with them? Well, yeah, what else can you do with them? I mean, nobody's going to buy them. You should see all the boxcars that are mounting up in India. Well, one okay. thing I've noticed here in uh, in Oregon, where I live even, uh, and I'm nowhere near a port, but they're selling these, uh, you know, these steel containers, these shipping containers, a lot cheaper now. For homes. Okay, yeah, now, folks, we got to talk about Saudi Arabia because we brought in the, the grain issue. America's biggest harvest. Will it rot now? Right? We got empty trains and all the time and space to haul it. What do you think, oh, Oracle of Oregon? I don't know. Oh, sounds like a winner. Uh, so now, folks, I want to bring up the delicate issue of Saudi Arabia. It has now come out in the news and you're going to hear it first here, that American and NATO rogue military, let's call them rebels, have set up Yemen to create this sort of like disaster for for Mohammed bin Nayef. Now, he is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. So if King Salman is assassinated, Mohammed bin Naif, who is, by the way, Mohammed, you're one year younger than me. And I'll always make you remember that. Age and wisdom before beauty. And uh, 
I just want to say that everybody from the American military, these rogue guys in NATO, is trying to set up Mohammed bin Naif with every drug party, trying to get him with all the little girls, little boys, anything to blackmail this man, because he controls the price of oil, or will control the price of oil in about four to five years. And he may turn around and shift the crown from Mohammed bin Salman to somebody else. So the real issue is, can they blackmail Mohammed bin Naif into a position where he will divert the crown from Mohammed bin Salman, the deputy crown prince, and cause a destabilization in Saudi Arabia for the fall of Saudi Arabia? Interesting question. What do you say, oh, Oracle of Oregon? Well, I don't know. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> okay, you don't care. Well how, many, well, how many countries really are left in the Middle East that have not yet been destabilized? Yeah, and they've all been destabilized by the United States. About three. Yeah, about three left. Right. <laughs> you know, so... All right. Well, hey, these guys, man, they got to be they got to be unless they're completely stupid, which I don't think they are. They got to be looking at this going, you know, I'm getting that uneasy feeling that we oh, might hope, be next. I hope Mohammed bin Naif does not like little boys. I just hope that that is that you know, anyway, cuz we got to talk about pedophiles, you know, because Lindsey Graham has been accused of being a pedophile. So He has. Yes, he has. Oh, so let's, uh, you know, I didn't uh, know that. and this is the guy I really thought that should be secretary of state. So anyway, let's go to our next name, because, you know, if anybody's going to blackmail Mohammed bin Naif, it's got to be the CIA. And lo and behold, today we find out that CIA director Brennan's emails are all over the Internet now. They busted into the director of the CIA's emails only to find out that he's been putting top security clearance emails on his home private user email account. On his own, on his own uh, server. Right. right. Kind of like Hillary. Server, <laughs> is, I think he put it on his Gmail account. Didn't he kind of learn from Hillary's thing or what? What's wrong with you know, these people? There, it, look, it, I don't even think I can talk about this anymore because we have to go to the next issue because getting back to Saudi Arabia, you, these Doctors Without Borders that are run by Lawrence Rockefeller as uh, intelligence operations, President Obama has to give the order for these Doctors Without Borders to evacuate Yemen. Okay, everybody knows that the hospital in Sana is... Uh, dynamited underneath and you know it's got all these homing signals so that they can run a missile in there and set up all these what do they call them false flag issues where they blow up the hospital and say oh crimes mm. against humanity when it's actually doctors without ethics or known better as doctors without borders that have been everywhere we see doctors without borders we see cia rogue operations like operation decisive storm well you know what dean though uh, in their defense i mean if 
Which one? You know, if the if the United States was going to start bombing doctors without ethics, they'd have to bomb every hospital in the United States. Well, I'm just worried about overseas at this point because you know the military is not supposed to operate within the four corners of the United States under right. posse comitatus. Right. Well, which they have they've really watered it down. Well, no, we're going to bring it but, back up. But and it's not just posse comitatus with the CIA. The, the the CIA has their own mission statements and their own charter, you know, and... Oh, that, no. Well, yeah, and that states that they're not supposed to be operating in the United States. You okay. know, regardless so we'll of the I mean, even if they water it down, they're still not supposed to do it. Right. All right, so, and you know what? It's interesting because, you see, if there was, in fact, high crimes and misdemeanors committed, which is what they, they say in the Constitution then it would be our little Vice President Biden who would preside over the Senate to determine if there were sufficient charges for high crimes and misdemeanors to be referred to the House for impeachment. So John Roberts and Sotomayor, the chief judges and judges on the Supreme Court, Biden holds your fate on the fact that you were selling public real estate for public schools to private charters hmm. so you could flip the real estate using your core curriculum and this bogus testing crap that Jeb Bush wants to triumph across America. Oh, God. Okay, folks, you got that right? Biden can get rid of the entire court by presiding over the Senate and bringing the charges before the Senate. And it's an election year, folks. That means everybody gets guilty because the Senate's not taking a hit for that one-third that has to be reelected. And you know the House, everybody's up for election there, so they're going to nail them left and right. Mm -hmm. So now we've covered almost all the world, (laughs) only to come back to Madoff. And the probate Ponzi scheme, you know, where they were robbing all the little estates of little old ladies. And now we find out that the biggest windfall for the people that profited off of Madoff were, of course, Frank Wilpon of the Mets. You might see the Mets in the news lately. Yeah, well, yeah, go Mets. They're, uh, I think they're, what, 3-2-0? and uh, two and oh? Yes. And then, of course, there's LaFrac Real Estate. Hmm. Okay, where I was just out in Prospect Park this weekend, and I walked up and I wanted to take a a, a little video with my rinky-dink camera without a tripod, and this butthole working for LaFrac at the skating rink says, oh, you need a permit to take a video here. And I said, you know, as a reporter licensed, in Washington, D.C., as for news, I said, really? I don't have a tripod, and I don't have a commercial camera, and even if I am shooting footage for the governor of Vermont, Shumlin, you don't got a prayer. And I just turned around and walked away, because I'd like to say to that guy, LaFrac Management or Charity Organization, Richard and Karen LaFrac, Fire! I'm going to send you a copy of this guy's picture, which I have on camera now. 
You know, you got 40,000 people running through for a cure for cancer. You've leased out and privatized everything in Prospect Park. And then you have the nerve to turn around and tell somebody, you can't take a short two-second video of the public accommodations of a New York State park. Now, what are you going to do when 200,000 people come running through the park tomorrow? Or like it was on Sunday, so this was two days ago on Saturday. It's like, you jerk. And by the way, the rule is, folks, you can shoot anywhere in New York at any time as long as you don't have a tripod and you don't have a quote-unquote commercial-based camera. Now, what Always has been. It means you can shoot the all you want with your iPhone. You can shoot oh, okay. all you want as long as you don't got a tripod and you don't got some big professional, big rinky. And even if you did shoot with a big professional camera, as long as you don't have a tripod, you could shoot anywhere what in New the, York. What is the thing about the tripod? Why do they? Not oh, want they were that? trying to get the terrorists back when Giuliani was sending anthrax to Leahy and all the senators. You know, he he came up with this rule that said, you can't shoot in New York if you have a tripod. You need a permit. (laughs) So guess what, folks? It came down that the judges ruled that if you don't have a tripod, you can shoot. So you can shoot right outside the Second Circuit if you want. And I love it. You can even walk up there and take pictures on it now. Now, It used to be you could even touch the Second Circuit building. Now... Now the thing is, here, and and I'm just I I'm curious about this because okay, you can't have a tripod. I get it, and the court ruled okay as long as you don't have a tripod, you can't shoot. Now I know these cameras, you know, because it's uh you know I mean it's it's tough to take a I mean they've got auto focus now and all that good stuff, but still it's tough to take a picture, a solid picture, you know, just holding a camera with your hands. Now I've seen these things for cameras. They're not tripods. They're just basically a stick, like a cane. It's called a monopod. Right, okay. Are those You know allowed? what, folks? Let me tell you how to... I don't want to be condescending, Frank, but I shoot all the time. Yeah, if you want a you picture, If you don't want a, a shaky picture, all you do, folks, is you hold your camera away from your chest, one hand balancing the weight of the camera, the other one on the shutter button, and then you exhale... And at that point, you can freeze your chest because if your chest is frozen in position, your arms will lock in position and you won't shake. That's all you got to do. And don't breathe for a second when you take the picture. All right, kind of like shooting a gun. Yeah, you freeze. And to do that, you freeze your chest position. Yeah, exactly like a gun, which we will discuss next week for the Second (laughs) Amendment. Okay, with Aaron Burr. Not in New York City, with or without a tripod. Right, and and, you know, folks, I'm going to end the show with uh, the New York Times. uh, You know, Gore Vidal is one of the great novelists out there, especially for history. And they really did him dirty on one of his books, which was called Aaron Burr, or Burr. And the reason they slighted Burr was because he wrote that Jefferson had an, a, a huge amount of kids working on his farm, which were his kids through Sally Hemingway. 
Hemmings. Hemmings or Hemingway? I can't I don't remember. I black girl. Hemmings. Except for Frank, guess what? She was whiter than you and had lighter hair than you. Well, I don't know about freckles. whiter than me. I am the master race. Oh, no. Frank. <laughs> she was, for all intents and purposes, if you didn't know that she had a lineage of someone back in black, like our president, she would have passed for ultra-white. Now, are we talking about the same Burr that had a uh, a duel with Alexander Hamilton? Yes, okay. and the reason he did that was because he was running for the governor of New York, and Hamilton came out and slandered him because... Burr set up the whole Republican Party in New York, and then Hamilton took it over, or actually this guy, uh, uh, DeWitt Clinton, and then Burr took it back and was able to swing Jefferson into the presidency, became vice president, and then he was going to go for governor of New York. And that's when Hamilton, who was so, so, uh, how could you say it, jealous, started spreading all this stuff, and Burr shot him. No big deal. <laughs> they went to Newark, New Jersey, and shot. he shot him. Yeah, yeah, he did. But it was Jefferson who tried to bring him up on charges of treason. Wow. Because he was afraid that Burr was going to take the presidency the next term. You see, folks, the Sedition Act was put in effect. They went right after him, and guess what? He was acquitted. They couldn't, uh, John Marshall, or was it Chase, Samuel Chase? I think it was Chase. Chase. I think it was Chase. I think so. Said, said no way, man, he's not treason. If there's anybody's treason, it's Jackson and, and, and Matty Van Buren and, and Jefferson who were trying to take Mexico, Canada, and California and the other Indian territories. And Louisiana and Florida. Well, it Folks. just it just goes to show that our history is not exactly as we thought because most people aren't taught any history. They're just taught, oh, hey, look, here's uh, this is Thomas Jefferson, this is George Washington, uh, blah 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 blah, onto the fifties, you know, and that's it. But it's very interesting, very interesting history, and it's not uh, it's not cut and dry as as a lot of us think. I thought so, and then I. Start look, looking things up, and it's very interesting. But, Dean, what else is interesting is how fast time goes, and we are out of time. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. We'll see you next Monday. Folks, thank you for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. Just dance, got me begging for more. Get down in the county of kings. Hear that music makes you want to sing, want to sing. Let the rhythm take you there. You can find me on the dance floor. I'll be digging at the record store. It's the sound that I've been waiting for.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guide today at freeze-dry-guy at lancet.com. That's freeze-dry-guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. SwissAmerica.com reports Tuesday gold prices fell to fresh eight-month lows on a flat dollar and $113 oil. Gold closed in New York down $12.20 to $810.80 an ounce. Silver fell $0.17 to $14.47. The fundamentals for gold have not changed. And with real negative interest rates in the U.S., this is a good time to maintain exposure to gold investments, reports Frank Holmes of USFunds.com. More at SwissAmerica.com. Listen carefully. I'm about to give you the smartest financial tip of 2008. Here it is. Buy precious metals in August. Again, buy precious metals in August. Why August? Because every year since 2001, gold and silver prices have hit rock bottom, then surged to new heights in the fall. Call today for a free copy of Gold the Next Stage at 888-732-7411. 888-732-7411. You're listening to the best in alternative talk radio, AVR, the American Voice Radio Network. Listen online at theamericanvoice.com. We're on KU Band Satellite, Galaxy 25, Transponder 5, Frequency 11836. And remember, AVR is free for all anti-New World Order Saturdays.
Alrighty, good evening. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening here on the American Voice Radio Network. It is about 9.04 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And uh, let's see, it is August 12th, the year 2008. That makes it Tuesday night out here on the Pacific Coast, but it is tomorrow over on the East Coast, which would make it, well, Wednesday, and that would be the 13th. But not yet. It is still only Tuesday here on the West Coast. But tonight, I have a guest, and that guest may or may not be on the East Coast or the West Coast. It is Richard Stone from Parts Unknown. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, hey, come up with your own intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All I can say is that it's late here, and it's tomorrow. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. So, uh, Richard is obviously in Europe. <laughs> That's right. I mean, that would be the, you know, the, the, the proper response from a conspiracy nut, wouldn't it? Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, now we've got, I've got a bunch of stuff here uh, that I'd like to... Uh, uh, get your commentary on. Uh, earlier today we had Al from Colorado on, but it's too late for Al to be on because, you know, Al's old and he's decrepit and he can't, you know, stay up late. I'll bet he's listening. And, and if Al's I'll, listening, I'll, <laughs> I'll, bet he, I'll bet he calls too. Well, call hey, one of you, you know, the number's <laughs> open and uh, all of you can call in. Well, all of you can't call in, but some of you could call in. One of you could call in. But that's not necessary if you just like to listen. See, I'm not one of those needy hosts that require callers, well, most of the time. Every (laughs) once in a while, you know, I'll just run out of gas, run out of uh, everything, and just need your help. But most of the time, not so much. Now, I'm going to take something completely off of where we're probably going to end up. And I want to do it first because of where we're going to probably end up. And... (laughs) Uh, newly discovered documents from the Illinois State Archives prove Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama has lied about his opposition to legislation requiring health officials to provide care to babies who survived abortion as Illinois State Senator. Obama has claimed again and again he would have supported his state's version of the Born Alive Infant Protection Act if it included language to protect abortion rights guaranteed by Roe v. Wade and viciously attack conservative opponents who suggested otherwise. Now, there's documentation showing Obama did vote against a version of the Born Alive Infant Protection Act that contained language to protect abortion rights identical to the bill that passed. 98 to 0 in the United States Senate. <clears throat> so, the quote here is, we have a smoking gun committee report, the National Right to Life Committee's Legislative Council, Susan Musket, said. Uh, these, uh, the NRLC has posted the unearthed documents from the Illinois Senate Archives Monday. So, folks, if you want to go check it out, that's where you want to go, the National Right to Life Committee uh, uh, Legislative Council. Uh, you know, so 
just, you know, one more, one more thing. So, folks, you know, there's a lot of single-issue voters in this country. You know, whether it's uh, there's some single-issue voters that immigration is the single issue. There's other ones that stopping the war is the single issue. Uh, there's other single issue that's not really a single issue, but the economy. They want that fixed or else, you know, they don't care about anything else. And then there is also abortion is another single-issue voter thing. Now, when you take a bunch of single issues and put them all together and they all end up, you're a liar, uh, you know, this ought to be enough to start getting people wondering. So put this on the chalkboard uh, under another Obama lie. He did not support, he opposed vehemently a bill to protect babies, basically the bill says doctors have to give medical help to a baby that actually survived an abortion. You know, that doesn't sound like an outrageous, uh, you know, <laughs> law, does it, Richard? Oh, my God, God help this country, I'll tell you. You know, I mean... That type, that type of thinking and that type of legislation is going to get this country... is. It's just going to it's going to get this country in a position where God takes His protective hand off of us, and and I I think that with the things that are going on that we see, I, I think that's taking place already. Well, it, it could uh, very well be because I mean, the country is in serious. I, I don't see us getting out of it, uh, you know. And that doesn't mean we can't. It doesn't mean there can't be a miracle or divine intervention, but that's what I think it would take, because I don't see uh, any political will in this country to rectify the problems that are basically destroying this nation. I mean, they can put Band-Aids on things, mm-hmm. you know, but you know they could build a big wall on the southern border, but that by itself isn't going to solve the immigration problem. It's going to solve maybe people coming in, but that's not going to address the 20 to 40 million illegal invaders that are here now. You know, it's, you know, just as much as I'd love to see the wall on the Southern border, you know, the thing of it is, is that what we're really looking at, I think is the real problem has to do with the spirit of America. And we granted, we have, all of we have several single issues, and I understand that you know that these different issues pe- people align themselves with it, and and those, that particular issue becomes important. But there's something worse going on here, and that is when a people, when a country, and a country's leadership basically loses its soul. They lose the ability to know and understand what is right and what is wrong. That country's doomed. Well, is my, it... in my opinion, it doesn't matter what the what a particular issue might be. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that they no longer can recognize what what is evil and what is righteous. Well, now isn't that a legal definition of insanity? If you can't ascertain the difference between right and wrong, don't they commit you as insane, that you're really not responsible for what you've done because you're insane? You don't, you didn't know what you did was wrong because you can't tell the difference between right and wrong. 
Uh, that, that's a good. That's a good point, Frank. Uh, that that is that is how they look at it, isn't it? And so I guess in some in some uh, weird, evil way, I guess they, these people can also look at it and say, well, you know what? <laughs> we're insane and we're not guilty. Well, yeah, and I think that is, you know, they they certainly are looking at that they're not guilty. Uh, but, you know, that whole insanity plea is straight from Satan because that's like, uh, I don't know the difference between right and wrong, so I'm not responsible. Well, well, well. Look at the look at the Nazis. The same thing. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same thinking. It's the same twisted thinking and uh, and the same uh, argument and defense. In their case, it was well, but I was following orders. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter if it was right and wrong, right or wrong. I was following orders, and that's right. And that makes it right. Or or it was the law. Doesn't matter that the law was wrong, and it was obvious that it was wrong. That's that was not what they wanted to deal with. The fact was is that they wanted to be right, uh, and the, and they wanted to be innocent because they were following the law. This is what I see happening in 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 America today. Well, we're we're beginning to pass. We're beginning to pass these insane, evil laws. But see, the thing of it is, that does not make it right. Well, and you said, well, we looked to Nazi Germany, and they said, you know, we're just following orders. Well, we don't have to look to Nazi Germany. We can look to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Absolutely. You know, that was their excuse that they 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 took the time and effort. Uh, granted, they, he probably sent out the same letter to, you know, a lot of different people, but he wrote it initially, and it took some time. So he took the time and effort to actually try to justify to me that it's really not the SWAT team's fault. They did everything wonderfully because, yes, it was the wrong house. Yes, it was innocent people. Yes, we could have killed them all. Yes, they're traumatized for the rest of their life. But uh, we did everything great, and that's why we're being honored because, well, we were just following instructions is what he said. Exactly. Uh, you know, it wasn't our fault it was the wrong house. It wasn't our duty to make sure that the uh, information we were acting upon was correct. Uh, this was what we were told, so we acted on it. It's not our fault. And that's just exactly the same argument. Right. You know, so, and it's like, you know, these people are gone one step beyond insanity and in saying, well, I don't know the difference between right and wrong. They've got it completely flipped upside down to where right is wrong and wrong is right, and I think that's biblical. It is, isn't it? it, 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 it uh, isn't it said that uh, the time would come when they would recognize evil is good and good is evil? Yep. Hey, welcome to 2008, you know, United right. States. Now, uh, it, it's just, you know, and the whole abortion thing goes right into that. It's like, well, it's the right thing to do it's choice it's it's a woman's choice to kill the baby because well she's got better things to do than raise a kid and it wasn't planned it wasn't you know uh you know i thought about it and i've decided against being pregnant uh well <laughs> and that's supposed to be okay mm-hmm. where all the things all the bad decisions all the wrong decisions 
that got you into the position where you're pregnant, now making the decision that you've decided not to be pregnant anymore, are all ignored. Well, the other thing, too, Frank, is that we have, we have these, what would it be, a dichotomy, uh, where we've got this really just insane thinking. A good example would be this. Several states now have a law that in the event that a pregnant woman is killed, let's say, for example, in, a, in the course of a robbery, the individual who killed that woman could be tried uh, for murdering two people. Right. The woman and her unborn. Now, get this. This is how they word it. They're her unborn child. Now, take the same woman who, has, who, who is pregnant, and now take these same people who have created that law and ask them how they view this woman making the decision to abort her child. Now the child is no longer a child. The child becomes a fetus and is not recognized by the court as, as a sovereign human being created by God. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes legal for this woman to abort the fetus, but yet they would put a man or somebody on trial if he were to kill her and her, oops, not a fetus, her child. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you have these, look at how confusing that type of thinking is. Well, uh, it's you know, confusing. it kind of goes along the, the whole double-minded man thing. Exactly. You know, and... Uh, I, w- I really, really hope, and, and this is not because I hope, you know, some murdering slug gets off. Because I think, you know, I think killing one person is kind of pretty much you're done, right? If you get convicted of killing, you know, murder in the first degree one person, you're pretty much done. Uh, not all states kill you, but you're pretty much gone for life, right? Well, yeah, but you know it's 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 uh it's pretty difficult. Well, well let me ask for you people this. to get convicted in, in the first degree because you know that that has to show premeditation. So, yeah, okay. as an example, if so, in this case, if the woman is, as an example, the woman is killed in the re, in the course of a robbery. Now he's committed two murders, uh, according to the court. and so basically they try him for both, and they can give him a sentence for each. Even right. if it's considered second degree, sure. now, I guess, and they make him serve the sentences um, concurrently, uh, yeah. con- uh, or not consecu- concurrently. Uh, not, yeah, not not consecutive. What it would be consecutive? Yeah, he has to do one and then yeah, he has to consecutive serve the other. is one after another. Concurrent is Concurrent. like is if you get two five years, you only have to do five years. Right, right. right. You're That's doing them I both mean. at the same time. Uh, but, but, you know, man is confused. What I see is confusion. I see confusion in our government. I see my, confusion my point, with people in general. What I was going to say is I think if you murder a woman, uh, you know, and you get convicted, pretty much, you know, you're not going to get punished much more than if you murder two people than one most times, unless it was an accident and it's, you know, manslaughter, then yeah, you know, but that's not really murder, is it? You know, that's an accident. Right. Uh, but my point is, I really hope somebody who's convicted of this, and again, this is not because I want to see murderers loose, but I want to see somebody challenge this as, wait a minute, you can't, you can't charge me with 
killing that woman's unborn baby. Because if anything, I killed her fetus. Exactly. Which exactly. you know, That's which is uh, is legal. Now, make the state come up and say, "Well, no, it's not legal because you don't have a license to murder." Doctors have a license to murder. Yeah, so put me on put me on trial for an illegal, illegal abortion. Yeah, for practicing medicine without a license. Right. Now, here's a here's a good one. That's an interesting point that you bring up. What if in the course of this robbery, the woman is shot? Her unborn child is killed, but she is not. And so, see the way the way this the way the laws are going at this point. They would, if if she aborted her child, not mm-hmm. a problem. But if an individual killed that child, it's no longer a fetus, but it, it is now a person. See what I? You can't have it both ways. But yet, our laws are addressing many issues in more than one direction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, and. uh you know, so this is a big this this is a big issue for a lot of people as it should be and 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 I just wanted to point out that look, Obama's lied about it. He's tried to have it both ways. You know, he tries to tell the liberals I'm a, I'm all for Roe v. Wade. And mm-hmm. uh he tries to tell the conservatives or at least the moderates that no, I you know, I, I want to protect children that, you know, survive abortion, uh but you know, it has to be worded right. Well, he lied. It was worded right, and he voted against it. Uh, you okay. Know, so. You know, Frank, that brings me that not to interrupt, but that brings me to another point, which 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 goes along with with our first pretense. Here we have laws being passed that are in conflict with each other, with the basic definition: child versus a fetus, a fetus versus a child. Mm-hmm. Now we take a look, and, and what we and what did we look at? We said, well, look, you know, this is confusion, and confusion is evil, which it is. Now we take a look at another scenario, and this scenario, here we have an individual who's running for the highest office in the land, and once again, and he's not the only one, right, that we have found is what? Lying. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what gets me. We can look at this and we can say, look, he voted this way, and, and, and but he said he voted this way, and we can look at it from the standpoint of the issue. But the real issue, the underlying issue, is the fact that he lied. Mm-hmm. This is where our country is getting misled and going and really going astray. We right. have truly forgotten the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah, and and what the real issue is. He lied. Yes, he did lie. But he lied about an issue of murder. This man supports murder of children, you know. I mean, so, you know, that really ought to be the bigger issue. Well, um, I, I see what you're saying, but see, I don't know that I agree with that, because the big issue to me is the fact, is the underlying fact, that the that that the man took it upon himself to absolutely maliciously lie about something that he did, mm-hmm. and to me that's worse in some respects than the issue at hand of him of him basically supporting the murder, not one of the abortion in of itself, and two that if the child survives the oh my gosh yeah I can't yeah. even hardly talk about it's it it's gruesome that if the child isn't it? were to survive the abortion attempt that then they have the 
they they have the uh, duty. Yeah, for the common good, right? To uh, finish the job. Yeah, that's sick. That that is murder. Now, a good point here on the instant messages. You know, this is like George Orwell's term newspeak. You know that abortion is uh, called abortion when it's really murder. You know, and imagine if it was called murder. Right. You know, well, gosh, I'm 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 deciding. Uh, you know, I, my career, and I didn't plan on this, so I'm deciding to murder my baby. I huh? think there would be a lot just by changing that word. I, I mean, okay, fine, it's still legal. Roe v. Wade stands, but instead of abortion, we're going to call it murder. You know, all that's all we're going to do. We're just going to change the name. That's all. Well, take for example, take for example, a pregnant woman. As an example here, who, uh, who, for whatever, well, let's let's see, pregnant girl does not have the money to go to get a so-called legal legal the key word abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she decides a legal murder. She decides to attempt a, an abortion herself. Uh oh. Herself. Uh oh. I you think. Know, it's hard I've to seen... say what the methodology would be. It doesn't matter. I'm... The bottom line is: is how would she be treated if, uh, say, for example, she uh, she succeeds in the abortion, but she also she hurts herself. She has to be taken to a hospital. The question I have is: how would that be looked at? Did she murder her child? Well, or did she perform an illegal abortion? Or 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 was it an abortion gone astray? Or was it? And I'll tell you what: in the society that we live in, honest to goodness, I believe that be, that they would they would try her for murder. I I do too, uh, because you know there's been. What about women who have their baby, throw it in a plastic bag, and toss it in a dumpster? And this is not just, oh, Frank's making up gruesome stories. This was in the news not that long ago. A woman right. did this. She had a baby, wrapped it up in a plastic bag, and threw it in a dumpster. You know, she didn't want it. So Apparently, tell me, you know, what is the difference, what is the difference between, between her going and having a so-called medical procedure, a medical murder, than her even uh, 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 forcing herself somehow to uh, deliver the child early, say at eight months versus nine, but at eight months, uh, uh, children can can survive that a lot of times, right? Yeah. So what is the difference? What is what would be the difference? She forces she forces a delivery, and uh, she uh, and then she puts a baby in a plastic bag, and she says, "Well, look, I didn't murder my child." I simply aborted my child. Right. I gave I gave birth holding the plastic bag, so that when the child came out of me, it went directly into the plastic bag. Yeah. I was, mean, there's all kinds of crazy. It was stuff just a simple, uh, you know, problem of not reading the instruction properly on the R whatever number it is on the abortion pills that they sell exactly. at Walmart pharmacies and elsewhere. Or do they now? I think Walmart got a lot of heat. They might not sell that. I don't know, but the bottom line is is that what what we're dealing with is evil trying to mask itself in a in a manner where it wants to it wants to play with the definitions of words and it wants to define itself with with weird and awkward laws. Yeah. I say, you know what? I say, you know what? Because the thing is we're not gonna convince certain people. I mean, the way things are right now mm-hmm. it's just I think 
The best way to start is just to say, okay, look, we want this redefined in the law. Mm-hmm. Not not the law changed, just redefined. Just start calling it murder. You know, call it what it is. Call it murder. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go get your baby murdered, okay? You you got a career and all this other stuff, and, and this wasn't planned, and you've decided now that having a child at this time isn't a good idea, so you're going to go have it murdered. Let's just call a spade a spade and do that. And you know what, Richard? I bet, I would be willing to bet that just the change in terminology would probably cut abortions in half. That's what I believe, too, Frank, is that, uh, is that's what I, yeah, that's what I believe, too. Um, that's what I mean. You know, when you, when you take an entity that is so evil that it can, that it can, that it can manifest itself by changing the definition or by changing one word, well, Abor- abortion versus abortion versus murder is a good example of mm-hmm. that. Um, that's pretty evil, you know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's that's evil with intelligence. Man. It's it's manipulative. Yes, it is. Which yes, is, is really really evil, and and it, it is. It's you know, uh, it's just. But the thing is, if you look at the whole law of the United States, look, uh, if. You know, people ought to be having a problem with this, and they should have had a problem with it long ago and said, what do you mean you need your own dictionary? What the heck is wrong with the English dictionary? You know, Frank... um, Why would you need your own legal dictionary? Yeah, really. It's no wonder that... uh, It's no wonder they want to remove the Ten Commandments that are posted in different public places, because I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm going, man... You know, thou shalt not steal. Now, a good example of of the government who has lost its way is that the Pentagon cannot account for over a trillion dollars. I say they stole it. I say they stole it, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you, you know. Uh, uh, our government uh, has, an, has an organization that supposedly is incorporated in Puerto Rico called the IRS. And uh, the IRS agents... Uh, uh, actually work basically for the Federal Reserve to ensure that they get the money that is owed them for interest. And I'd say that's legal. I'd say that's the thievery. Well, and imagine this. Imagine... Thou shalt not steal. Imagine you're running a 7-Eleven, Richard, and I'm the clerk, and you trust me, and I close up at night, and you come in there, and you go, okay, uh, hey, uh... Aren't you supposed to have like a trillion dollars here? <laughs> and I say, well, I don't know. And you go, yeah, you are. Where is it? And I say, I don't know. Well, now wait a minute. We know there was a trillion dollars here yesterday when I left. Now, now, where is it? I don't know where it is, Richard. Well, I think I'm going to be the one let off in handcuffs. Okay, That's because right. I was in charge of that trillion dollars. And it was there when you left, and now it's somewhere. It's just gone. Uh, nobody knows where it is. I don't know where it is. It was my job to know where it was, but now I don't know where it is, and everything's a okay. It's it's amazing to me, Frank, how things are changing, and and not to get off subject, and it really isn't. But have you heard about martial law that has been declared by? Uh, the mayor of a town in Arkansas. Ah, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, 
I tell you what, I will give credit where credit's due. Melissa gave me that link before the show started. I've got it up right here, and uh, we can certainly cover that when we get back. I got Richard Stone on with me, folks. You stay tuned. Marshall Law in Arkansas. Wow. We'll be back. Stay tuned. U.S. dollar is fluctuating, gasoline reserves are low, and the price is rising. World events are, at best, uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. How much longer will you ignore the warning signs? How much longer? How much longer will you turn away like a blind man? How much longer? The choice choice of life or death, abundance or starvation is made today. Do you have a long-term food solution? Go to survivalistseeds.com. Now, for the first time, time, Survivalist Seeds is offering a single-person, seven-year heirloom seed supply, 3,000 seeds with 12 specially selected varieties, giving you 1,000 pounds of food for only $65. This is a limited offer. offer. Just $65 for a seven-year heirloom seed supply, only from survivalistseeds.com. Family site still available at survivalistseeds.com. Patriots prepare. Patriots prepare. Slaves hesitate. Soon we'll know which one you are. Soon we'll know which one you are. You have no more excuses. You have no more excuses. SurvivalistSeeds.com Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. 
Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And uh, we're live if it's, uh, let's see, August 12th, the year 2008, where you're at. It is about 9.37 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. I've got Richard Stone with us tonight. And, Richard, before we get on to what we were going to talk about, I've got a caller here on the line who wants to uh, catch up a little bit on what we were talking about before we were going to change subjects. So go ahead, caller. Uh, hi, this is Earl in Oregon. Hey, how you anyway, doing, Earl? Good, thank you. Um, uh, I went to public school, and, you know, they um, taught us about abortion, whatever it is that they taught us, and I don't really remember the, the details. And, you know, it didn't seem so bad, but I didn't understand, and, I didn't know what to think, so I said, okay, well, no big deal. And then one day, I saw pictures. And after I saw the pictures, nobody could convince me that it's okay, and nobody had to convince me that it was bad. And I think that if you want to get people to understand what is abortion and why it's so bad, let them see pictures. Send them to a website that has the pictures. They won't need any words at that website. The pictures will be sufficient. And I think in the, it used to be in the law <clears throat> and in the dictionary, abortion, before they came up with the word abortion, it was called infanticide. So anyway, that's all I had to say about abortion. And, um, oh, by the way, Big John's uh, radio program, uh, the, the host before you, uh-huh. um, his um, one of his advertisers, I think it's Patriot Seeds, uh-huh is one of the best advertising I've ever heard. It is so hey, well done. Right. It, 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 it's one of those really memorable advertisers, uh, the way it was hey, done. Hey, Earl, uh, in, in, in that regard, um, how do you like the, the, uh, the new show with uh, Big John Lipscomb? Uh, I like it. I think it, it, it's very much needed because, you know what, <clears throat> we all know there's, there's a lot of bad things. Congress is broken. The states are broken. Civil government at all levels is broken. The churches need a lot of fixing. And yet, what looms over the horizon is another Great Depression. 
and yep. it's time for the people to prepare for that Great Depression and be able to feed your family. And you, you know what? If you're in the city, if you don't move, you won't. One day you won't be able to, and your your family will starve, and you'll be you'll be so unhappy that you waited. And so anyway, because there's a saying, better ten years too early than one day too late. You know, Earl, it's, it's uh, interesting that you bring that up because um, uh, we're really not getting off the story. We're, we're just, uh, this, this next segment here is actually leads right in. Uh, it's, again, it's laws that are just wrong and, uh, that we'll be talk, talking further about. But the other thing is, is what you just said, is that there is going to come a time when you're not going to be able to leave your home. And, man, how apropos that is because we actually have a town in Arkansas that is right now, as we speak, portions of it are shut down and under martial law. They're practicing for the rest of the country. Uh, Keep listening to the show, Earl, because, uh, yes, you're going to find out something very interesting about that. That's that's, uh, a lot of people believe that. And uh, we have a quote from uh, presidential candidate John McCain on that issue. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Thank you. All right, there's Earl. Made I like some good him. points. He, yeah, he does. Earl Earl is uh, one of these people that when he calls in, he he usually has an excellent point to make. <laughs> That's true. I like, I That's like true, Earl. and he likes the other show, which is always good to hear that uh, oh, you know it, people are enjoying the other shows. Yeah, because you know, that, that's that's what AVR is trying to do, right? Bring bring in more hosts, like we've talked about before, and man, good things are happening. And uh, you know, that's just like uh, when people don't like shows. It's just as uh, it's just an opinion. It's uh, you know, it's nice to hear good opinions, but it is just an opinion, and uh, people are entitled to opinions. And I'll just pointed out one more time that while people are entitled to their opinions, they are not entitled to pass off their opinions as to lie and to pass off those opinions as authoritative fact. Okay? That's just not gonna that's not gonna fly. But everybody's entitled to their opinion. Of course we, we enjoy the positive opinions better than the negative ones, but they're all just, you know, opinions anyway. And I I happen to agree with Earl, but Anyway, thank, that's my opinion. Well, thank God, thank God that our that our founding fathers saw to it to recognize that the individual opinion is is important. It is, and, and it is because it's through those opinions that we are able to make sound laws that make sense. Well, that, that we're able to that we're able to navigate through an ocean of confusion. Well, that's a pretty but, good segue. And I'll tell you, we're not we're not navigating very well right now. That's a pretty good segue into this story here. Now, uh, <laughs> I'll read this here real quick. Uh, areas of town uh, in Arkansas have been placed under a 24-hour nonstop curfew, described by the mayor as almost akin to martial law. Almost. Boy, yeah, this that's guy. A quote too. Yeah, that is almost akin to martial law. Gee, you know, uh, that's pretty positive spin on on this. But uh, the lockdown issued after a spate of robberies, home invasions, and shootings applies to everyone in Helena, West Helena, no matter what age or what time of the day it is. Mayor James Valley has indicated that the curfew would be extended indefinitely. Residents have described the lockdown as being 
like being in jail, and critics have slammed it as unconstitutional, uh, given that it effectively suspends the Fourth Amendment. And, you know, that's the point. Now, yeah, the ACLU sent him a letter. Thing right. is, you know, I I would disobey this. I, I would I would disobey this and say, you know what, I'm telling you now. If you arrest me, I'm going to sue you, and I'm going to own you. Because there you, is, I, I don't, I don't know what the whole deal is. I don't know if these people are allowed to go to work or how they, no. how they, they work that out. But um, there no. was, a, I saw an individual interviewed. They're not. And, and uh, he said, I can't, I can't even go to the store to buy milk without getting stopped by the police and asked, where are you going? Where do you live? Show us, show us uh, your identification. And, uh, man, I mean, you talk about show me your papers. I mean, this is really coming to light yeah, imposing, in uh, this small town in Arkansas. Imposing, this is a quote, imposing house arrest and suspending the Fourth Amendment for law-abiding people is only exactly. going to cause more problems for the city, uh, said ACLU of Arkansas staff attorney Holly Dickinson. They need to work with the community to get this resolved instead of treating all their citizens like criminals. You know, the thing is, though, uh, old Holly here, needs to reword this, uh, suspending the Fourth Amendment for law-abiding people is only going to... Whoa, wait a minute. No, no. You're not allowed to suspend the Fourth Am- Amendment for criminals either. Yeah, you but know, see, here's, 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 the, here's the litmus test, man. This is what I mean. The, the things are so sick and so evil that they're basically playing... With, they're, they're doing a litmus test, in my opinion, of, of, these, of these different areas and different towns and different cities. You know, if you think about it, Frank, where was it? It was like uh, a couple months ago in Trinidad, mm-hmm. uh, a little community northeast of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. They became they came under uh, subject of police checkpoints. Remember yeah. that because yep. there was a, supposedly a series of shootings in the air. Right. Right. And then, and then if we if we if we look look at it some more, then we have what? There were curfews for minors in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was, uh, don't forget, Operation Sudden Impact. Now that I want to talk about a little bit. And, and uh, from my opinion, uh, I, have, I, I don't have a problem with curfews for minors. Okay? Because I don't either, really. I, not, uh, for, not for minor kids. That's where part of the problem comes into play, I, that they need to be in the house studying, you know, doing their homework. I am of the opinion that until you're 18 years old, you have no right. You are operating solely under the guidance and permission of your parents. You don't have any individual rights. You haven't attained the age to where you can responsibly uh, use any rights. You need to be under the strict direction of your parents. And that, well, that you know, goes to different levels. If you're well-behaved, right. that doesn't mean that your, your parents need to be everywhere you are all the time. But you better know how to act when you're out in public with adults. And if you yeah, don't, well, if you then your parents it, need to be... Uh, when, children, when children are growing up, prior to the, you know, before they become a recognized adult, if you think about it in a nice world, in a world where things should operate properly, they are citizens in training. And so, right. yeah, you know, it's a situation where the parents and responsible citizens, adults, should be helping to groom these children into law-abiding, proper adults. Well, and, the, and there's citizens, nothing, and I know. don't see anything wrong with the law helping to groom them also. Exactly. That's, that's my point. 
And so, yeah, I as far as as far as um, as far as a curfew, a reasonable curfew for uh, people under the age of eighteen, I say, hey, I I, I think that's uh, I think that should exist. Well, I I uh, do to too. Shut There's... down an entire town. Well, yeah, because you know what? There's no reason for children under eighteen to be uh, anywhere after like midnight. What? It, what? There's no purpose for that. Oh my, yes. Absolutely, and I mean, oh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, under, if you're under sixteen, you got to be home by nine. <laughs> <laughs> nine, okay. Well, I guess I'm a little more uh, uh, allowing than that. <laughs> I I might go to eleven on that, but I mean, you know, but hey, it's the same yeah. thing, though. You know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, there has to be some limits. I mean, there, there. I didn't like them when I was kids either, but they, when I was a kid either, but they were. And I broke as many as I could. Kids will with the curfew too, and they need to be slapped down hard when they do to realize oh. that. Look, you know what? You you need to. But you see, the sad thing is, we live in a country that's got so many ridiculous, imbecilic laws uh, that are that are there for no other reason than to be there in case they feel like uh, you know enforcing them on you at a certain time. That uh, you know, I almost feel guilty about uh, getting children indoctrinated into even obeying them. Perhaps we should be telling them, look, you know what, all these curfews, ignore them. You know, rebel, rebel now. You know, I, I don't know, you know, because... Well, see, that the, the, the Operation Sudden Impact, for example, involved uh, police officers. I, I think they were some of them. I think it was federal law enforcement agencies and local sheriff's departments, and there was... There was more than, I think there was more than 50 federal, state, and local agencies. Yeah, what it says here, the anti-crime and anti-terrorism initiatives involving officers from more than 50 federal, state, and local agencies was dubbed Operation Sudden Impact. I find that the choice of names very uh, uh, telling and, and disturbing because... Uh, I can only presume that they're referencing the Dirty Harry movie, Sudden Impact, which was all about revenge. Yeah, but then you have a sheriff's deputy who's asked about it, and he goes, well, it's sort of like martial law training. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes What's me that feel about, a lot better. You know? you know, but... Martial law training. Now, as much problems as... See, this is the kind of real fix we're in here. Because, you know, Obama obviously is unfit to be president. I mean, if that's not clear to you folks, then stay tuned. You know, I mean, it'll just keep coming. But earlier this month, presumptive Republican nominee John McCain told the National Urban League that military-style invasions modeled on the surge in Iraq should be adopted to control inner-city crime in the United States. Exactly, huh? and he he said he said, well, you go into neighborhoods, you clamp down, you provide a secure environment for the people that live there, and you make sure that the known criminals are kept under control, and you provide them with a stable environment, and then they cooperate with law enforcement. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's Talk just about what a police state. Yeah, that's just what's happening in Iraq. The Iraqis exactly. are cooperating with law enforcement, sure. That's why every couple of days a bomb goes off and American soldiers die. Yeah, and then every morning a plane takes off, probably filled to capacity for Guantanamo. Yeah, yeah. For those and, who didn't. 
Yeah, and Iraqi work teams are digging holes to put their dead family members in to the tune of over 1.2 million people. Yeah, you know, I find that that is a that is an amazing number to me, and it's a, and it's something that just it doesn't get discussed, and uh, that's that's amazing. You know, I mean, 1.2 million people. It's, it's actually died. it's actually rolling towards 1.3. You know, because uh, I've been saying 1.3, but it's actually it's it's actually over 1.2, but yeah, it's well, on its well, way to 1.3. Hundred thousand. What's a hundred thousand more? Yeah. Oh, well, they're on the way, you know. <laughs> Don't worry, they're they're working on it. So I just figured I'd give them a little uh, extra credit there. But you know, we'll Man. stick with the 1.2 actual million. I mean, that's a lot of people. And Iraq is what? What is Iraq? The size of Pennsylvania or something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, Iraq's, you know, not tiny, but it's not humongous either. It's not like the United States. But and why I'm saying that is, you know, if we did equivalent violence in the United States than what's been done in Iraq, how many tens of millions would be dead if 1.2 million dead Iraqis are, are there? You know, that's, that's a serious question. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. See, yeah. that's that's what bothers me is that you know we they throw they throw numbers around, and especially when those numbers deal with with real lives. But they throw these numbers around as if as if it's no big deal. Oh, yeah, five thousand three hundred dead American soldiers in Iraq. You know, yeah. one point two million Iraqis dead. You know, it's like, well, well, hey, you know, what are you worried about? That's no, that's a fantastic kill ratio. Well, but, but the thing of it is, is that. Uh, uh, it did for. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to register. I mean, you know, uh, okay. In minds what 1.2 million dead bodies looks like. You know, I mean, well, that's I hard su- for me to imagine. Well, yeah, and that's a great kill ratio. And I suppose I'd be impressed if I was into being a killing machine. Mm-hmm. You know, and and is that really the America that we want? Is is to be the best and most efficient killing machine on the planet? Because I mean, you know, what what are you supposed to? I mean, come on, 5,300 American soldiers dead versus 1.2 million dead Iraqis, man, that, that's... Yeah, but see, the thing of it is, is that 1.2 million, surely to goodness they're not saying that that was 1.2 million of, of uh, the Iraqi army, the, no. Iraq, the, mm. the, the Iraqi insurgents. No, no. The, no, this is 1.2 million people. Yeah. Right? I mean, th- these are civilians. Well, some of them were insurgents, you know. But my, my goodness. Sake. Some of them were even in the army. I bet you some of them were actually really bad guys who should be dead. But probably right, but not, not that many. Million. No, probably not, not that we, many. We did not go up against an army that has been effectively fighting us uh, that has suffered 1.2 million deaths. I, I'm not going to buy that. No, we, we've just been... I mean, that's just, insane. We've been killing a lot of civilians, and that's the problem. I mean, we've yeah. been killing a lot of civilians over quite a few years now, and it's right. adding up, and it's and it's not pretty. Uh, golly, you know, but we're talking about martial law, we're talking about death machine. Now listen to this. High-powered automatic weapons and ammunition are flowing virtually unchecked from border states into Mexico, fueling a war among drug traffickers, the army and police that has left thousands dead, 
according to U.S. and Mexican officials. I'm not hearing a lot about this in the, you know, mainstream media. Uh, the munitions are hidden under trucks and stashed in the trunks of cars or brazenly concealed under clothing of pedestrians who walk across the international bridges. They are showing up in seizures and in the aftermath of shootouts between the cartels and police in Mexico. More than 90% of guns seized at the border or after raids and shootings in Mexico have been traced to the United States, according to the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Last year, 2,455 weapons traces requested by Mexico showed that guns had been purchased in the United States, according to ATF. Texas, Arizona, California accounted for 1,803 of the traces submitted by Mexican authorities. So, you know, uh, there's, we, the United States is, uh, they're, you know, they're importing drugs and we're exporting weapons for the drug dealers. This is not good. Well, the thing of it is, there there we go again, you know, with this uh, stinking thinking. Uh, give you a good example, uh, uh, we've had several... Border Patrol agents, one recently, as a matter of fact, that have been held at gunpoint. Yeah. In some cases, they've been killed. And who has it been by? Uh, drug dealers? No. Uh, mad Mexicans who didn't get paid at the last uh, uh, farm they worked on? No. The Mexican Army. The Mexican Army has actually crossed our border, mm-hmm. our southern border, they have they have kidnapped and held at gunpoint U.S. US Americans uh, and in many in some cases border patrol agents and and yet we do nothing about that but yet but yet we have not had any aggression perpetrated against us by Iran we have we are currently occupying a country that did not have weapons of mass destruction. But yet we are right now, and have been, under attack, in my opinion, under attack by Mexico. Yeah. And the best thing we can do is... If if, if I were down there, don't think for one second I would not organize some people and say, hey, we, we are under attack and we have the right to protect our sovereign soil. Well, yeah, and... You know the sad thing is the the United States government would come and uh, want to probably have a fight with you about it. Well, they'd they, they'd arrest us just yeah, like well, they yeah. did their border patrol agents that shot the drug dealer. Yep, yep. Put them in jail. Put their own. But isn't that isn't that kind of like a pack of rabid dogs? Yeah, worse actually. You know, uh, now you know that that mayor in that Arkansas town we were talking about. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting piece about him that Melissa sent. A state disciplinary panel on Friday suspended the law license of Helena West Helena Mayor James Valley for 30 days over his actions in a child support case unrelated to his city duties. In its decision, the Arkansas Supreme Court Committee on Professional Conduct said Valley provided substandard legal services to an out-of-state client in 1999. The panel, uh, the panel said Valley failed to file required court documents or communicate with his client properly. Uh, in, in one instance, the panel said it took the mayor 14 months 
to file a petition seeking relief. Man, you know, the thing is, this is the guy deciding to just go ahead and call martial law. Everything's fine. It's totally legal. Because I said, you know, the, what can you what can you even say about something like that? Here, here you have an individual who's in a position of power, and it does not matter that somebody is able to determine that he's too stupid to practice law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and but but because he's the mayor, he's declaring he, martial law. He is the law. Yeah. That's a scary thought. You know, I mean, that really is. And, you know, let me ask you something. Did they do something to the water or something like that in Arkansas? I don't know. It seems seems to me that we have a lot of weird individuals, no disrespect to the listeners that that live in Arkansas, but they could probably call in and tell us a whole lot about Arkansas. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the land of Clinton. You know, I mean, there's a lot of of corruption (laughs) there. I mean... And the thing is, this is another case, and and it's like, why, why, why? I mean, obviously you've got a police force enforcing this martial law. Why aren't they saying, what, are you kidding me? I'm not doing this. They're following orders. Yeah, I know, but why? Why why isn't somebody saying, are you out of your mind? We're not doing this. Because they're good little Nazis. They're following orders. It's legal because because the the mayor who is in charge says it's legal, even though he has been determined he cannot practice law, and they're following orders. They're innocent. Man, I'll tell you, it's it's a, it's a spooky day in the neighborhood. It uh, really is. Man. Anyway, Richard, thanks for being on. It's been a pleasure. We covered a lot of ground, and there's a lot more to cover, but we are out of time. So, folks, tomorrow we'll be back. If you uh, missed anything, uh... Stay tuned. It'll be coming up next. Thanks for listening. Stay where you're at. Dear beloved pets, have fleas or ticks. Don't use toxic pesticides on your precious pets. Many items on the market can severely harm or even kill animals. Flea and Tick Be Gone is a safe, non-toxic, professional strength treatment made from natural plant sources. This fast-acting formula has been proven to quickly and effectively remove fleas, ticks, lice, and other pests from a variety of animals without the use of harmful pesticides. To get your Flea and Tick Be Gone, go to TheAmericanVoice.com and click on Superstore. That's TheAmericanVoice.com and click on Superstore. Flea and Tick Be Gone, a terrific value, safe and effective, economically priced for your priceless pet. Whether using your cell or cordless phone for business or staying in touch with family, your radiation exposure due to phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate radiation protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. It makes a great father's. Stay gift. 
Order your Wave Shield today for only $25, which includes priority shipping with delivery confirmation. Send $25 today to Frank Steffen, that's S-T-E-F-F-A-N, at 6500 Shadow Glen Drive, Eagle Point, Oregon, 97524. That's Frank Steffen, 6500 Shadow Glen Drive, Eagle Point, Oregon, 97524. Now, that sounds pretty positive to me, Phil. 
Well, let's, let's, why don't we start at the beginning where, okay. um, in case some people aren't familiar with, with what went on. Uh, initially, this was a case that was brought against me uh, because they said I was unfit because I spanked my children. So um, the, 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 the judge in the, in the court, the juvenile court, um, ruled that my children needed to be supervised by the court because of my behavior spanking them. But he, he continued, we homeschooled our children, he continued to allow us to homeschool them. And, uh, but the children, the attorney that was appointed for the children didn't like that. They felt that, um, that, uh, that the children should be in school where there was mandated reporters, that the children could report any kind of abuse that was going on in the home. And, you know, the, the typical, uh, uh, Hitler youth type thinking where they want all your children to rat you out. So they wanted to save your children a 911 call and just be able to snitch you out at school. Yeah, right, because they say that they say that most of these uh reports of abuse come through the children at school, you know. I'm sure it does after they get into the room and going, "Now, daddy did abuse you, didn't he?" Yeah. You know. Well, to them their interpretation of abuse is if you use anything but your hand uh, to spank a child, but I think in, in certain instances they would consider the hand as abuse too, depending on the force you use. I guess. Phil, I've Phil, I've heard I've heard some individuals involved in the school system actually uh, 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 describe verbally, uh, you know, uh, basically verbally spanking your child, you know, verbally yeah. sc- uh, scolding your child as abuse. So, you know, I mean, if if spanking with anything but a hand, wow, that's pretty uh, you know, that's pretty liberal okay. compared to what I've heard. That's that's how they and that's how they interpret the law. If you, mm-hmm. if you spank with anything but your hand on anywhere but the buttocks and you you're abuse. Oh man. You're abusive. So anyhow, the 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 children's attorney felt that the judge should not have allowed us to continue homeschooling and uh but before he made his ruling to allow us to continue homeschooling while we're under the jurisdiction of the court, he ordered us to upgrade our curriculum and um, and to uh, notify the local um, uh, school district to find out if there's any problem with us doing it. And we did that like he wanted. So when we came back a month later, um, we showed him that we had done everything that we were supposed to do, that he wanted us to do, and... Uh, he said, okay, then I'm going to allow you to continue homeschooling. And the children's attorney was arguing uh, these children need to be somewhere where where they can have mandated reporters, because that's what they call them. They're mandated reporters. They're, by law, uh, they're mandated to report anything, anytime they see anything that's suspicious. So, you know, if they don't do it, then they could be liable, uh, civilly or probably criminally, too, you know? So, therefore... Any time a child comes in with any kind of bruise, uh, any kind of injury whatsoever, uh, that could be suspicious to an individual working oh, yeah, at the school. Yeah. yeah, see. So so uh, he said, no, I'm going to allow them to continue homeschooling because they, they have a right to homeschool. It's their, it's their constitutional right to do so. So that was what he said, you know. And... So they they asked for a writ of, a writ of prohibition from the higher court. They they went to the higher court, which was the second court of second district court of appeals here in the state of California, and they asked for for them to order him to uh, mandate the children in school. 
so they had their they had their uh, hearing on it, and uh, this was in February 28th, and they ruled very broadly. They said that um, the judge was mistaken in his ruling that we did not have a constitutional right to homeschool and that nobody has a constitutional right to homeschool in, in the state of California, that, that um, according to the law, uh, you can't homeschool your children unless you're a certified uh, teacher. You know, you got the certifications to do so. And then they published it for the whole world, you know. And so this this caused the uproar that it did, mm-hmm. fortunately, and uh, which brought it to uh, they they decided that they uh, some attorneys came and they asked me if they could help me, and I said sure. So they asked for a rehearing before this court, and the court actually granted them a rehearing. And um, they the court asked for everybody's opinion. They sent letters out to. Uh, to all the local uh, school agencies, such as the California State Board of Education, uh, Teachers Association, uh, Southern California, uh, I mean, uh, Los Angeles County Teachers Association. All, all They sent letters out to all these different school associations. Now, and- that seems very odd to me, Phil. Uh, you know, because, I mean, I... It seems like almost they were taking a, let's take a poll. Let's see what everybody, th- everybody thinks, rather than, okay, what does the law say? Yeah, well, to them, they interpreted the law and the law, the law. Here's the thing about law, you know. If, if it doesn't say it's against the law, then it's lawful, mm-hmm. you know. And there's nothing in the state of California that says it's against the law to homeschool. So everybody believed it was lawful. You know, the problem with these people, they think uh, there has to be a law that says you can do it, otherwise you can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Right, they've got it completely back. Yeah, so anyhow... They they sent letters out asking for all these uh, school agencies and and teachers associations to file uh, amicus, I believe the term is amicus briefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and friend of the court. Friend of the court, right? And uh, they allowed any any uh, people from my side that would that asked for permission to file friend of the courts. They allowed them to do so too, but they didn't send any letters out to anybody. Right. They got. Uh, they, I think they asked about ten different agencies to weigh in on it, and they only got two. Uh, one of them was uh, only two that was sided with them, right? Uh, which was the uh, Los Angeles Teachers, Los Angeles School District, and the Los Angeles Teachers Association. Those are the only two. Uh, the state, the state of uh, California Board of Education, I believe it was called, or California Education. I don't know what it was. They weighed in against what the court wanted. They said that people can homeschool. Uh, the attorney general of the state of California said uh, they believed that homeschooling was legal and lawful pursuant to the law. Um, there were several Christian organizations that sent in uh, Seventh-day Adventists. And uh, then there was, uh, uh, I believe, 12 different congressmen from different districts throughout the United States to make a long story short, there was over 40 friends of the court briefs on behalf of allowing homeschool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it weighed quite heavily against what this court wanted. And, and, and there were only two? Only two. And, and they actually sent out letters. You see, this is significant because this is not like – because you remember back when Ron Paul was running, in every Internet poll he would he would crush everybody else. Oh, well, that's just because all the hackers are – Fixing it, right? So yeah. now this sounds like they were trying to fix it yeah, the other were. way, and they it were. just backfired on them. Yeah, well, 
so they had the rehearing in June, and and they they allowed the actual parties that were part of the action to uh, to argue, which was uh, my appellate attorney. Uh, actually, there was three appellate attorneys on my side that argued from three different organizations, and then uh, they they allowed. Um, uh, the children's attorneys to argue their position, and uh, and then the two, the two, the other two stooges that were against it, they allowed them to argue. And- you, know, you know, Phil, I find something odd and disturbing about the way this whole thing's set up. In in one way, more than anything else, is the fact that they they put this in a position where your children have attorneys that are actually against you, your yes. children's parents, and they're putting your children in a position where they're your adversary. Because generally, if I go out and hire an attorney because I'm having a lawsuit against someone, usually those attorneys are, are there doing what I want them to do because yeah. I'm against you. You know, we're having an adversarial uh, proceeding. Right. And, and, and they're putting your children in this situation well, where they're your adversary and, and their feelings, I don't know, what, what well, are their feelings? Let me tell that? you what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, this ruling came down in February, and my children had told them long before that, we don't want you for our attorney. And I had them write letters to them, tell them they didn't want them. You know, I said, if you don't want them, then write them a letter. So they wrote them a letter. And, uh, and the, court, the court didn't listen to what the children wanted. So uh, there was a gentleman that was an attorney. He says, hey, look, I'll go down there and I'll... I'll tell the court that your your children. I'll talk to your children. So he talked to my children. They said, "Yeah, we want you to represent us." So he went down there and uh, and he told he told the bailiff to let the court know that he was there because he was going to substitute as in as attorney. And this judge blew up and uh, she wouldn't even talk to the guy and uh, and said that she was going to report him to the bar and. Uh, so my children are fighting their own attorneys too, they, right. and they told the court several times, "We don't want them for our attorney." And uh, they even filed complaints against them with the bar. That didn't go anywhere. And uh, so, so what? Okay, I guess what happened here is, without actually taking them out of the home or out of homeschooling or out of anywhere, yeah. basically the the courts assumed the the jurisdiction and the control and basically the you know they basically said well we're making the decisions for you children now rather than basically they stepped into the parents role and said we're making the decisions yeah well uh, basically the reason they took jurisdiction was try to force me and my wife into counseling and parenting classes Mm -hmm. because you know the solution to everything is to we needed re-education, you know. Right, right. that's really and, uh, what counseling is. And I told him, we ain't getting re-educated. I told the judge, no, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. So uh, it went on for a year, and I refused to go. And uh, and then after a year, the judge says, he he reversed himself and said, you don't need, he, we had a, see, because every six months they got to review it and determine whether there's a threat still. Mm-hmm. And after a year, with the social worker coming over and us hobnobbing with them, and and they sent the reports back. And he said, he said, uh, this was last uh, a year ago, last June. He said, he dismissed. I said, you don't need, they don't need uh, counseling and they don't need parenting classes. He's 54 years old and he's had eight children and 
they don't need it. So he reversed himself. Well, in the meantime, the court hadn't made its ruling, uh, hadn't hadn't made its ruling on the homeschooling issue initially. This is back in June of 07. Mm -hmm. So, but they had uh, made their these attorneys had made the appeal, the ask for the writ because it took them like uh, a year and a half before they even heard the writ. And uh, so they uh, they dismissed it, and these attorneys asked for a rehearing before a judge because this guy was initially a commissioner. So this got stalled along for six months, and, th and then the judge took the side of the attorneys and kept stalling because they were waiting for this ruling to come down to see which way it was going. Boy, they're not kidding when they say the wheels of justice grind you yeah. up slowly. Well, when the ruling came down in, in, uh, in June, uh, uh, February 28th, one week before that, the county agreed that we didn't need it and recommended for dismissal. And when the ruling came down, then they reversed it. They said, no, no, we changed our minds. And uh, so everything was on track for, uh, for, uh, to try to force me to put my children in school until the, the crap hit the fan, you know, when, that, when they came down with the ruling and everybody screamed and hollered. Right. So that's when they decided to have a rehearing. And uh, not to be redundant here, but they had the rehearing in June, and they just issued, they just published their opinion on the 8th of August of this month, reversing themselves 180 degrees from what their original opinion was, whereas they said uh, parents don't have no constitutional right to homeschool their children. Now they say they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a three-judge panel initially that made the ruling, and they were unanimous in the initial ruling. and. And somehow, strangely, they were unanimous in this ruling, too. So You know, that's the thing. I mean, this court seems, like, overly. And I realize the courts are have turned into political animals. But, I mean, this seems overly political. Because, I mean, they, they're sending out letters, you know, basically soliciting opinions, you know, to help their, their ruling out. Like, come on, help us out here. Sending out letters... And and then to just reverse themselves, uh, you know, I could see if it was three panel and then they went to a full court of, you know, nine or 12. And yeah. They did. But, I mean, these are the three same people. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, dude, we were wrong. Yeah, we, we see the light now that, that politics turned against them. So they, the law never had, a, had anything to do with any of this. With these no, people. no. Well, you know, initially, if you remember the ruling, he, he said that uh, that the purpose of school is to – Educate the child and make them. Uh, uh, how do they use it? Responsible to the state. Yeah. You know, and th there was none of that talk in his in their next ruling. Oh I man, mean, it was George. It was Orwellian. I mean, this, this yeah. that first thing was straight out of a out of a nightmare novel. It's like you what? <laughs> you know, it's like you got to be kidding me. Although, you know, there is something disturbing. Now, I I I, I got to admit that I did not read the whole the whole ruling. It's forty four pages, but. I did read parts of it, and, and I, I skipped to the end, you know, and read because I wanted to see what the real deal is here. But uh, one thing that is disturbing now, he didn't go into such detail as he did in the first one where he went into exactly what you would expect out of a George Orwell nightmare. I mean, really. Uh, but they did say this. Uh, given the state's compelling interest in educating all of its children, 
And then it goes on in the absence of an express statutory and regulatory framework for homeschooling in California, additional clarity in this area of the law would be helpful, which, you see, these people, they don't get it. If there's no law against it, it's legal. See, they want more regulation. We want more laws because without it, we got nothing to do. And, you know, but the, the disturbing part is the compelling interest in educating all of its children. Now, when did the state have children? Well, you know, that could be interpreted several different ways, but the way they act, it acts like they gave birth to them, I agree. But Well, and, and the way they've treated you, I mean, they send yeah. in lawyers and say, okay, uh, we're giving you lawyers that are going against, putting you against your parents uh, because we're now your new parents. We've decided what's right. You have nothing to say, just like children shouldn't, to their parents, but now the state is acting as a parent in this whole in this whole case they've acted exactly like they're taking on the parenthood role and then they go and say something like the compelling interest in educating all of its children i mean you know okay you know the whole if it quacks like a duck and you know all that stuff it's a duck right yeah, well, Frank, you know, at this late date, I, I think anybody that has half a brain knows that we're dealing with with uh, a state, and not just speaking of the state of California, but all the states, uh, you know, where they believe that they are the ultimate arbitrator of what belongs to who, mm-hmm. you know, and who belongs to what. And as far as they're concerned, um, if they say that, your children have to be educated a certain way, then that's just the way it is as far as they're concerned. You know, they they mandate to us from on, on high how we are supposed to behave and how, you know. Well, that, 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 that is how they act. But, I mean, we have to look at what they say and say, well, okay. And I think for too long we've just taken what they say. For instance, you know, just to put the, uh, the the problem with all of its children, obviously that should get a lot of parents' eyes opened up. And, you know, because, face it, Phil, there's a lot of listeners out there who are not homeschooling their children. They're sending them off to the public school system every morning. And, uh, you know, you, they need to understand the state's position on this. They believe those are their children. Make no mistake about it. You are not the parent in the state's eyes. They are. You are just basically the caretaker. Well, that's right. That's how they think. You know, you're there to feed them and clothe them and do it just the way they tell you to do it. But we're the ones that are going to educate them and grow them up the way that they're going to be good citizens to the state. And you see, then we get back to the more important thing here, the state's compelling interest. Uh, You know... For the state to claim a compelling interest in somebody's children, uh, I have a problem with that. Well, you know, Frank, we as as human beings are, are nothing but, in their eyes, human resource. That's true. You know, we're their human resource, and they're our shepherds, and they uh, they're the ones that uh, shepherd us. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way they think that we need the. We need them to direct our lives and guide us so, so that they can direct society and guide it the way they want it to go, you know. And basically in our society, it's a society of they want to teach everybody to think the same way and act the same way. I mean, I mean it's very deep, you know. Well, it's true. And, and, and to 
you know, to treat people like cattle is, is really what they're doing. And, and if you see how cattle, and, and that's the thing, people are in America really disconnected from uh, how how are cattle raised? You know, because very few people in America actually grow up on a working ranch herding cattle. You know, so they don't really know. Uh, man, the modern way of herding cattle is not anything nice. I mean, they're using helicopters, horses, and, and dogs even. And they're just, you know, everything's fine as long as you're going along the way they want you to well, go. Let's not forget the stun guns, too. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> So they hurt us with true. their stun guns, too, you know. I they mean. do. And and if you want to see a real good example, you just keep your eyes peeled at these, uh, you know, uh, political conventions we're about to have here. Because they're going to be herding people just like cattle. And, and it's going to be real obvious because they've got cages set up in Denver in warehouses uh, and the whole nine yards. And they've I, got signs up. I've I seen that. But don't you think they put that in the media to keep people away? Yeah. I they, do. They let they let everybody know what they're going to be facing, so that the ones that look at it and say, "Well, I'm not going to go. I changed my mind." Yeah. You know, and that's that was their whole purpose in letting us know that's what they have there. Well, I hope people didn't change their mind, and I hope people who were thinking about going and thinking, "I don't know, the gas is expensive. I don't know." I hope that uh, upset them enough to where they said, "You know what? I am going," and uh, let them put me in a cage because I'll sue them. And I hope. A million people show up in Denver and Minnesota, although, you know, hey, hope is eternal, you know, but I don't expect that, but I'd love to see that, you know, because just like a lot of people said, look, they can't put us all in jail, you know, and if we get to the numbers to where, you know, it's a real problem, then what are they going to do? And I'm not saying get violent and get, you know, I'm just saying be there in a way that's like, look, there, look around. You know, you've got your stun gun, you've got your guns, you've got your bulletproof vest and all that stuff, and there's a million of us. You know, look around, man. Realize where you're standing and, and just calm down, you know? And that's what really I would love to see in this country, a nonviolent message, but I just don't see it coming. Uh, you know, and, and even this ruling, and when we come back from the break, let's talk a little bit about what you and I were talking about, about this ruling, because... On its face, this ruling seems like pretty good news. Uh, I mean, wow, look at that. You know, uh, constitutional right to homeschool your children, and all you got to do is get the affidavit. And, uh, you know, but there is the potential for this ruling to be used in the future. In other words, they've left themselves some wiggle room, haven't they? Yeah, I believe so. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about that a little bit. because. Okay. You know, while this is this is a good ruling, I mean, it's much better than the other ruling. I mean, this is way better than that. But, you know, just like the immigration ruling where, oh, boy, we beat down Kennedy and McCain's bill. Well, you know what? That's good. And that was great. But don't think it's gone away because it hasn't gone away. And this hasn't gone away either because uh, they'll be back, as uh, old Arnold would say in uh, California there. But we'll be back in about three minutes. So everybody stay where you're at. This is the Frank Report. I've got Phil from Linwood with me. We're talking about homeschooling, and we'll be back in about three minutes.
Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze-Dry Guy today at freeze-dry-guy at landset.com. That's freeze-dry-guy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333, 530-265-8333, and let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. How much longer will you ignore the warning signs? How much longer? How much longer will you turn away like a blind man? How much longer? The choice choice of life or death, abundance or starvation is made today. Do you have a long-term food solution? Go to survivalistseeds.com. Now, for the first time, time, Survivalist Seeds is offering a single-person, seven-year heirloom seed supply, 3,000 seeds with 12 specially selected varieties, giving you 1,000 pounds of food for only $65. This is a limited offer. This is a limited offer. Just $65 for a seven-year heirloom seed supply, only from survivalistseeds.com. Family sites still available at survivalistseeds.com. Patriots prepare. Patriots prepare. Slaves hesitate. Soon we'll know which one you are. Soon we'll know which one you are. You have no more excuses. You have no more excuses. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. You're listening to the best in alternative talk radio, AVR, the American Voice Radio Network. Listen online at theamericanvoice.com. We're on KU Band Satellite, Galaxy 25, Transponder 5, Frequency 11836. And remember, AVR is free for all, anti-New World Order Saturdays. Working man 
Alrighty, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And I've got Phil from Linwood with us tonight. We're talking about homeschooling and the big case down in California that the appeals court has ruled on. I got a call during the uh, during the uh, break there uh, from Earl from Oregon. He just wanted to make a quick comment off the air, and uh, he, he he wanted to touch on what I had said about the conventions and people showing up, how I'd love to just have people showing up. And he referred to a movie called V for Vendetta at the ending of that very movie where basically there was a crowd of people uh, facing down the authorities, but it was a nonviolent sort of thing. They were just there, but there was a lot of them there. And they were basically staring down the authorities like, look, what are you going to do? You know, we're here, and there's a lot of us. What are you going to do? And nobody was violent in that. And that was the point about, you know, that uh, the visualization in that movie about a, gra- a crowd of people peacefully standing there just by their numbers sending the message. And, and, and that's what I was kind of talking about was just numbers sending a message. Because, man, I don't want to see... I really don't want to see a, and I don't want to be a part of a violent revolution in America. I'm afraid I'm not going to have a lot of choice in the matter. Uh, but, you know, if there's another way, uh, that would be a great thing, I think. Anyway, uh, that was certainly just a sidebar on anything. And the, and the reference to that came from how we're being herded around like cattle, which certainly uh, pertains to public schooling. And, you know, Phil homeschools, and hence the problem with the state of California, which seems to be uh, getting resolved or resolved. I guess it's not completely resolved just yet, but it's getting there. And uh, the ruling looks pretty good, but there's a little wiggle room in it, isn't there? Could could I say something, You bet, you bet. Okay, I would like to make this point so that, um, you know, I was just a participant in this thing. For the most part, I I just got a front row seat in it. The the people that did all the work um, was the people that pro, that raised their voices from the governor of the state of California to congressmen and all the people that homeschooled. They're the ones that got this thing changed. Not to mention the attorneys that assisted me mm-hmm. and went and argued. They're the ones that put these judges on the hot seat and made them uh, realize, you know, that they needed to reconsider this thing in a whole different light. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make that point clear. I mean, people that probably have no idea uh, was behind it. And, and, you know, and my thanks goes out to them because I was really nobody. I still am nobody, but I just got to have a front row seat in the whole thing and participate because this, this ruling, uh, it, I might've got the bad ruling because of something I did, but the good ruling, uh, that came because of uh, the people that took a stand for it. Well, and, and you know, you can also look at this ruling. I mean, I criticized the court for being political, uh, and I believe they were being political. You know, they've been political throughout the whole thing where they shouldn't be. But this is another kind of an example of that whole, look, there's a lot of us. What are you going to do? And yeah. they changed their mind. They said, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, we better, 
Oh, did I say that? No, no, no. I meant you do yeah. have a constitutional right. That came out wrong. That you know, I mean, and it was because there was such an outrage. There was such a what? Are you kidding me? I mean, even the governor of the state. And I, I'm not a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger's, you know, uh, political career in in uh, in California. I, I got to say, I liked him a lot better as an actor, you know. But even he said, no, no, we're, you know, we're gonna if the courts don't straighten up on this, we're going to, you know, fix this legislation. Well, you know, the court stated in its opinion, its recent opinion, was that uh, the practice of the people of the state of California has pretty much superseded what the law was. That was their statement. They made that statement in there. If you can understand what they were saying, it's because basically they're saying a whole lot of people are doing this in the state of California uh, despite what the law is, and it's kind of uh, like it's recognized uh, even though it isn't written in the law. You know what I'm saying? That's well, like uh, and it, and it seems to me de that, facto, so to speak. It seems to me that pretty much everybody was. You know, I I don't see like you said. You know, unless it specifically says you can't do this, you know, you can. And and I think everybody was just interpreting. You know, the mass of people in California were interpreting the law in a different way than this court was. You know, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, that's every, exactly what they were doing. Everybody's looking at the same law and and coming to a completely, you know, these three came to a completely different view yeah. than everybody else well, in the whole know, state. I, I wish these courts, for the most part, would would take this, that same attitude, which I think it, I don't think it's their attitude. I think it's a begrudging, uh, a begrudging statement that. Sometimes the people's behavior has superseded the law, you know, in a lot of things in our society. Sure, customs and practices. Yeah. But, see, they don't recognize that. Well, and and because, see, customs and practices over time amount to what the common law actually is. You know, I mean, this is the way we've always done it. This is what we've always allowed. This is what we've always not allowed. And this is the common law, and everybody knows it. Now, you come in here and say, well, you know, uh, you're doing it wrong. Well, <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing is, you know, if everybody's always done it this way and it's working, why, you know, what kind of an idiot wants to come in and change something like that? Yeah. You know, and, and it didn't work out for them. They got kind of bit uh, by this whole thing, I think. Uh, I don't know what the status of these judges are, whether they're elected for life or they're appointed or what. what well, they can be like. recalled. They okay. can be recalled. So, you know, pretty much, you know, with judges, when they, they vote them in, and then I guess they have to stand for re-election every so many years. Uh-huh. And basically, for the most part, there's nobody that runs against them, so uh-huh. they just, you know, but they can be recalled. Now, now here's a quote. Uh, Oh, concerning this, as as head of California's public school system, it would be my wish that all children attend public school. But I understand that a traditional public school environment may not be the right setting for each and every child. Uh, you know, and he says he understands, uh, I, I recognize and understand the consternation that the earlier court ruling caused for many parents and associations involved in homeschooling. It is my hope that today's ruling will allay many of those fears and resolve much of the confusion. 
You know, this to me seems that like... That was Jack O'Connor, okay. the uh, state superintendent of public schools that made that statement. Yeah, J- yeah, that's what it says, Jack O'Connell. And, uh, yeah. you know, he, uh, it seems to me like they're, they're doing damage control at the Board of Education there, that they don't want the public getting a bad view of, you know, the Board of Education. Yeah, well, that was what he said, and I'm glad he said it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's good that he, he recognizes and understands. But the thing is, uh, a traditional public school environment may not be right-setting for each and every child. Uh, well, you know, Jack O'Connell has taken the position that uh, homeschooling is legal since he took over his, uh, uh, whatever his office. Uh, yeah, superintendent of, of public schools. Of, of the Board of Education, whatever mm-hmm. it is, Superintendent of Education. Yeah, his 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 official thing is State Department of Education, yeah. State Superintendent of Public Instruction. Yeah, since he since he took over uh, a, a couple of years back, he has been in favor of homeschooling, but the, his predecessor was said basically that they were going to stop homeschooling, and uh, his predecessor is gone, and he took over, and he's very pro homeschool, so. Well, that's a good thing. So, you know, this case didn't bring him to make that statement. He'd already he already held those opinions prior to this case. Well, that's a good thing, and 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 it's too bad a guy like that got dragged into you know a moving bus like this. You know yeah. that this thing was already going this way, and uh, and he, you're kind of stuck on it. Uh, you know to see what happens. But now, with this win, okay, what is the? Not everybody won in this. In this case, and I'm not talking. I'm talking on the side of homeschooling. Not yeah. everybody won, and and you kind of have a mixed. This case was. I mean, yeah, it affects all of California, but this case was about you. This was about yeah. your family and your homeschooling well, situation. Well, now you you won some and lost some well, on this. Didn't here's you? here's what happened. Okay, because these attorneys claim that the only reason that they wanted the children in the public school. Uh, situation was so that they could have uh, mandated reporters in their lives to so they could be protected. Um, this court, in making their recent ruling, what they ruled was, yes, um, parents have a right, a constitutional right to homeschool their children uh, if they do it within what the law requires, which is um, that they file an affidavit um, with the State agencies that are necessary to file it with, and then they could homeschool. They could have a homeschool in their home. It would be considered a private school. Mm-hmm. But see, we were homeschooling our children through through a private school, mm-hmm. which had an independent study program. And the court basically said that that type of homeschooling is against the law. And uh, and they also remanded this case back to to the court to determine whether or not. These children, uh, whether or not the court needed to put these children in public school for their safety, which the court, the whole reason it went before the appellate court in the first place is that the court didn't believe they needed to. So what this court did in essence was they said, they basically said that in a juvenile court setting where the judge or the commissioner has to determine for the safety of the children, that it's necessary to put them in public school, they ha- they have the right to do so, the responsibility of doing so, if they determine that's what's necessary for their protection. 
which is exactly what the judge did. The, the commissioner, he was a commissioner. Mm-hmm. He he deter, he made a determination as to whether um, the schooling was adequate in our home, whether we were in compliance with the law, whether we had the necessary materials. And until we did that, he did not uh, he did not make a final decision that he was going to allow us to homeschool. And after we did that, he recognized that we had a constitutional right, and he also felt that we, they were safe in our home being homeschooled. And this is all the judge, the court, says they're remanding it back to him, basically, to make the same ruling that he already made. <laughs> but in the meantime, another judge had dismissed the whole juvenile court proceedings. So they're remanding it back to nobody because we're not in the system anymore. So I don't know what they're going to do. The, the, children's, the children's attorneys have appealed the dismissal, so... We're going to see where that goes. But nevertheless, the court does not recognize, basically from my reading of the opinion, they do not recognize a private school having an independent study program that allows you to have, an, have a homeschooling. In other words, um, see, the public school system allows independent, independent study programs, or you can educate your your children at home, and then you use the curriculum that the public school system gives you and uh, whatever other criteria they require, but they allow you to, to educate your children at home. But they're saying private schools cannot do that. So, now, so you're telling me, because what, what I'm getting from what I've read is that uh, you guys uh, – uh, let's see, enrolled your children in a private school that right. had a home study uh, set up, and yeah. you were doing that through the school, and the state is saying, no, you can't do that, but you mean, because this is something I didn't know, that the public schools in California have the same program? Oh, yeah, yeah, they have independent study program. That that you, now, who who gets to teach the children in a in a home study program from the public school. Oh, the, the parents do. Anybody? No, you don't even have to be credentialed. No, no. As a matter of fact, a lot of the teachers in the school system here aren't credentialed. Really? Yes. <laughs> they have uh, teachers' aides that basically do all the teaching. You know. No. A lot of a lot of things. Is that allowed, or is that? Uh, you know a... what? In in a private school, in a, I think in the private schools. The law doesn't require the teachers to be credentialed in the mm-hmm. private school. In the public school, they do have to, but they have teachers' aides that assist them and do a lot of the teaching. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not real sure, but I know that that's what they do. So basically, that's that could be a way that the public schools are getting around the credentialing of teachers is calling them sure. teachers' sure. aides, and sure. uh, you know, there you go. I see, but. Uh, so that's probably where the ruling stems from, because they're saying, well, we're not, you know, we don't require pu- private schools to have credentialed teachers, so uh, we can't have a home school study. But, see, that doesn't make any sense, because if they allow public, if they allow private schools to have uncredentialed teachers and children to be in these uncredentialed teachers' classes, yeah. what difference does it make if, it, you know, I mean, they're obviously trusting them enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, Here's the thing is, and we all know, a state 
can regulate any entity of any agency of that state. Right. You know, and so you know, as far as them regulating the public schools, they're, they're, that's fine with them doing sure, that. Sure. But really, in a private setting. The state has no right to regulate anybody. From what I'm understanding of my reading of the Constitution, it states that the state can make no law interfering with the obligations of a contract. So if I contract with a private anything, a school, and say, okay, look, I promise I'm going to give you this and you're going to supply me with that, and we make a deal, we have a contract, it would seem as though the state, by making any law that interferes with that contract, would be unconstitutional. Well, you know how they get around that, don't you? Nope. Are the contracts illegal? Oh, I see. Okay, you, you can't you can't enforce an illegal contract. Okay, so that so, they just say that's illegal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's that's why that's why they they can't you can't sue anybody to collect on uh, on gambling debts. Oh, because gambling's illegal. Yeah. Except in certain states. Yeah, well, uh, from what I understand, they can't even sue to collect them, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, So they just basically, this is another case of just, uh, well, we're just going to do what we want. We're going to well, ignore that, that part of the Constitution. That's what government always does, isn't it? Yeah, it seems, it seems to be more and more obvious that that's what they're doing, and, and that's, Really, the purpose of bringing out stuff like this and talking about it is to try to bring it to people's attention, what's going on. Uh, this shouldn't have even ever been a court case, okay? This shouldn't have gone, the, you know, this shouldn't have been an issue. Well, well, I'll tell you something. You know, there are school districts in the state of California, or there were school districts in the state of California, mm -hmm. where they were creating problems for people that were homeschooling. And with this ruling here now, uh, it gives it gives people in the state something that they can stick in their face and say no no look at this now you know so that's good that's good about it it, it gives somebody something that they can throw back in in government agencies faces when they try to use their heavy hand against them but and i and i talked to the gentleman that that run our runs our independent study program the school at Sunland christian school and i talked to him and he said we're just going to go on like we always do we just ain't going to call it independent study program so, you know, maybe we can continue with it the way we've been doing it, you know. Sure. I, I mean, so so you do the semantics of saying, okay, uh, here's the affidavit. We're homeschooling our children. And then yeah. getting your materials and, and, and stuff from the private Christian school. You know, you yeah. got to get your, you know, you got to get your books and your information from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you got to have some kind of teaching materials to teach children at home. So you've got to get them somewhere. You know why not there? Why not anywhere yeah. you choose? You well, let me let me say this. As as I mentioned before, my children didn't even want these attorneys, and they have filed an appeal on the grounds of uh, that they had a right to counsel of their own choice. Good for them. And uh, so that's a pending appeal in this case. And then, like I also said, the their children's attorney filed an appeal of the dismissal. So recently, they got in touch with me after this ruling came down, and they said, "Hey." We want to make a deal. We'll we'll dismiss our appeal that we filed, where the judge dismissed the whole jurisdiction of the case. If you guys dismiss the appeal on counsel of choice for the children, you know. Now here's these attorneys that went through all this because they're worried about the safety. They've always claimed this isn't about 
homeschooling. It's it's about the children's safety. That's sure. all we're concerned with. Uh-huh. They filed this opinion because they filed the appeal again because they're concerned about the children's safety. And now they're saying, let's make a deal. Sure. If, you, if you dismiss the... the um, if you let us off the hook. Yeah, if you forget the counsel of choice for the children, we'll dismiss our appeal of the judge's dismissal. So, you know, their whole claim about we're concerned about the children and protecting the children. It's just a facade, you know. Well, it's sure. just a bunch of baloney. Well, sure. Because they wouldn't want to make a deal if they were really concerned about these children. No, we're going to fight this to the Supreme Court because we think the children are in danger. If they really felt that way, that's what they would do. Yeah. So, and then if they really felt that way, that's what they should do. Sure. You but know? They're, they're just a bunch of liars. You know, I've been – these people have lied about me right from the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you know, I don't know what to say. But well, let me read. Let me read something that I think you. I think you put very well here in an article. Educating your children in your own home pre-existed these buffoons that sit on the Second Circuit. It pre-existed this state. It pre-existed us. Parents have been teaching their own children since the beginning, and that's an absolute truth. And the thing is. I'm sure that made a lot of friends on the second uh, circuit. With well, I just, uh, you know, I just had to let them have a little back stuff back from <laughs> yeah. because they didn't miss a beat and bad mouthing me throughout these opinions, you know. Well, yeah. So yeah. I, I made a point of giving them a little bit back. But your point is is absolutely accurate too, and and for them to miss that, they really kind of do show themselves as buffoons in the very best light because you could have called them a lot of worse things given the fact that they're also liars and hypocrites and, and, and pretenders and posers. And they're, well, and they're just looking to, uh, you know, these attorneys for your children are obviously just looking to somehow, uh, you know, further their own careers because, you know, now they want to make a deal. And, you know, I can't make any decision because I know how tiring and how, uh, let's just get this thing over well, with. Exactly. we ain't making no deals. Well, that's a good thing. I'm glad you're not. We ain't making no deals. And I don't think you should, because I think at this point you've got the upper hand. Well, that's what I hand. said. The worm has turned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.